It's time for Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. For the next three hours, it's high school basketball from across the Mountain State. Live from Marshall University, here's your host, Ryan Epling. We've made it seven years, guys. We're back. We are back. <laughs> We're like a bad dream. We're back. Can't get rid of us. <laughs> Ryan Epling, Rick Marone, Bill Cornwell with you on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Next three hours, we will be going over high school basketball all through the state of West Virginia on this first full Friday of boys' high school basketball. Girls have been in action for a little bit more than a week now. We'll kind of recap a little bit about what happened since we were last on the air, too. That includes uh, the boys' state championship games from a year ago. We'll we'll go quickly through those over the course of the night. And we also have what I think is one of the more interesting situations. This is how you know you've been around a while. A young lady who joined us as a player several years ago is going to join us as a head coach. Wow. And you know, you know it is early in the season, so sometimes <laughs> we're going to have a little hiccup here or there, so just bear with us. We'll take care of it, and, and our, our, our crew is phenomenal. They, they will definitely take care of it. But coach, you, you've coached some players that went on to become head coaches as well. It doesn't seem like we've been around long enough for that to happen. No, I think it makes us all feel as old as we really are. But uh, it is good great to be back, uh, Ryan. But as you mentioned, we'll have a great uh, special guest later in the show who was uh, not just your average player but an outstanding player and uh, now uh, taking the challenge of coaching. It'll be interesting to talk with her a little bit later in the program and, and get that perspective because when you step out of the one role into the other, it's a whole different world, and I think she'll give a great perspective on that. I like, though, the fact that uh – individuals such as this one want to stay in the game want to stay alive in the game and and uh, and give back because uh, the game means something to them it has given them uh, opportunities be it educational or uh, social opportunities now you give back you pay forward and that's what they do when you've gotten that as a player you've gotten those advantages now pass it along and that's what this individual is doing of course, we will take phone calls all throughout the night. One eight five five seven eight hoops. That's eight five five seven eight four six six seven seven. And we will go. Uh, we've got a full show. It's, it's it's we call it the fastest three hours in radio. And if you're just joining us for the first time, this is like I said the beginning of our seventh season of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, covering boys and girls high school basketball through the Mountain State and Coach Marone. This. It really is a wonderful time of year. Yeah, it's a wonderful time of year. Uh, we talked prior to the, the program that boys basketball is in full swing now. Girls started uh, a week prior to, and, and all the football uh, championships at the high school level have been signed and sealed. And uh, it is uh, getting into tournament time, too. We've got mm-hmm. quite a few tournaments tonight we'll be discussing and sharing scores from. And uh, they all have their own tradition and heritage. And I think that's the wonderful thing about what leads up to the new year. Uh, is developing that team chemistry. These tournaments we'll be uh, covering over the next yeah. few weeks, tournaments even outside of our area. Some people going for warmer climates. Uh, we enviously uh, follow <laughs> them, but uh, uh, it's going to be a great time, and uh, the, the round balls are bouncing all across the mountain state. Exactly, and we have uh, some um, tournaments where West Virginia teams are taking part in little border areas here too. So uh, we'll be hitting those tonight and uh, some of those events going on all weekend. So, yeah, this is a great way. It's almost like a festival of basketball as these uh, tournaments take place. But that's a neat way to get into the season and kind of it's almost like a little bit of a warm-up for the season. And, uh, uh, of course, uh, you had your uh, 
your own tournament out of Tulsa last week, and I know that that, that went well. So uh, certainly you, you guys at uh, Tulsa have gotten yours going there, but everybody else is just really rocking and rolling tonight. And, of course, uh, for the guys, there's a lot of teams, uh, at least a few teams around the state that uh, – it's transition time because especially if you were playing football the last two or three weeks, boy, it is tough. I watched the game the other night and uh, you had some guys who were playing football a week or week and a half ago and uh, you could tell they were football players trying to play basketball <laughs> and there, there, there is a different, there's not only a different mentality with basketball, but there's a different level of energy. And uh, I mean, guys who were in great football shape, they get to the third quarter against a quick team. They're sucking wind, <laughs> and it's t- it's tough to watch. But they'll, they'll get it together here in the next week, week and a half. We will get our first check of the scoreboard in just a moment. Before we do that, we want to just kind of put a bow on the 2018-2019 season real fast. As you know, we go through semifinal Friday night of the boys' state basketball tournament on this show. So we didn't have the championship games last year. So let's just tell you how they went and remind everyone. I think a lot of people sometimes it's easy to kind of forget what happened. University won the AAA title, defeating Martinsburg in the championship game 51 to 45 a year ago. Martinsburg was undefeated. That sounds familiar, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> if you follow their football team, they, they just had a group of seniors graduate without ever losing a game. But um, so University gets that win. University has a lot of players back. They're off to a they, fantastic they start tonight, too. We'll get that in the scoreboard. Chapmanville Regional wins Class AA with a 60-46 to victory over Fairmont Senior. Uh, those two teams were kind of head and shoulders above everyone else in AA all year. And uh, Chapmanville getting the win in the state championship game. And what a, night, what a day it was. It was, the, it was the noon game. So what a day it was. The Webster County Highlanders, they capped a perfect season with a state championship and a 47-40 win over Parkersburg Catholic. So Webster County wins Class A. They had a really tight semifinal game with Trinity Christian, 45-42. They were able to get by and get that win. But then they beat Parkersburg Catholic in the championship. So Webster County, Chapmanville, Martin, or excuse me, not Martinsburg. It's habit, right? Not in basketball, but the way their football program has been. University, Chapmanville, and Webster County are your reigning boys' state champions. But several seniors have graduated. It's time to flip the calendar, mm-hmm. time to turn the page, and time to get our first look at our basketballnight.com scoreboard. Looking for scores? Look no more. Visit basketballnight.com. Bill, why don't you lead off with the boys' scores? All right. We're going to start off with first off in the Harmon tournament tonight. Uh, Morgantown Christian, a 58-34 loser to the Harmon Panthers, the home team there, uh, in the uh, in some regular season play. Parkersburg South, new coach there, beating the Elkins Tigers 66-36. Uh, also, uh, Spring Mills. Well, they get a win over the Lewis County. Actually, this is, I believe, a uh, – no, it's a final. 47-37. Uh, to 37. Spring Mills gets the win over the Lewis County Minutemen. Also tonight, uh, Robert C. Bird loses at Wheeling Central by a score of 72-59. 68-62, Wheeling Park gets the win tonight over Meadowbrook, Ohio, Upper Ohio Valley Battle there. Uh, first quarter score, Magnolia leading Cameron by a score of 8-7. This is in the Sam Andy tournament up in Wheeling. Also tonight, final uh, Liberty losing to Philip Barber in the Sam Board tournament. And that was uh, 77-50. Philip Barber's Colts get the win. Uh, also, uh, Lincoln losing to uh, actually beating Liberty Raleigh. 50-37, Lincoln Cougars get the win there. Webster County Highlanders victorious tonight. And the... The, uh, they get the victory. 
as we update our scoreboard there. Uh, West County beat Calhoun County by a score of 58-49. to Looking at other scores as we head down the frame here. It's the first night for a lot of us here. And there we go. There we go. There we got rolling. Um, we got a halftime score. Woodrow Wilson and Greenbrier East playing. Good game there in AAA. And Woodrow Wilson's got the seven-point lead, 34-27. to Got a second-quarter score. Oak Hill and Pikeview tied up at 24. A few more finals. Sissonville loses to Winfield. Big win for the Generals in an early uh, battle in the Cardinal Conference. 70-45, to Generals with the win. End of the third, Fairmont Senior trailing Shady Spring by a score of 44-29. to Familiar face in a new place for people who follow high school basketball in West Virginia. That is, the, uh, that is Luke LaRose, who is the all-time leading scorer for Nicholas County High School. He transferred after football season and is playing basketball at Shady Spring. That's a rarity. You got another school's leading all-time scorer <laughs> at a different school. Fascinating. A couple of other boys scores uh, in the Big Shots Country Road shootout in Morgantown. The Mohegans defeat Notre Dame 96 to 44, and at halftime, reigning AAA state champion University leads Greater Beckley Christian 55-25. Coach Marone, you have the girls' score. Yeah, uh, let's take a look at the girls' scores tonight from all across the state. Several tournaments underway tonight. The Donnie Fenton tournament out of Williamstown. Exciting action there. William, or excuse me, Wheeling Central gets a last-second win over Marietta, 67 to 66 in that one. The other one, and that one will be the uh, Clay County Panthers will take on the home standing Williamstown Yellow Jackets. We'll get that score for you shortly. Uh, Calhoun County, 65. Roan County, 50. Part of the FCA Hoops Classic. Greater Beckley Christian, 50. 21 for Taze Valley Christian. The Capital Cougars fall today to South Charleston. South Charleston, 70. Capital, 24. Moorefield, 55 to 41. Winders over Pendleton County. Part of the Petersburg Holiday Tip-Off. Classic in that one. Wheeling Park, 44. Fort Fry, Ohio, 31. The Sam Andy Classic in Wheeling. Uh, Philip Barber and Grafton taking part in the Sam Board Tournament. That tournament has been around for quite a while, and that game's at the end of the third quarter with Grafton leading Philip Barber, 49-36. The Harmon Panthers, 27-25. And the other half of that tournament will actually slot that opponent in here shortly. Uh, some other people working the first day kinks out. Uh, also, Van, the Bulldogs, the Lady Bulldogs, 53-35 to winners over Work County. Chapmanville leading Sherman, 41-12 to at the half. Parkersburg, the Big Reds, not a misprint. Parkersburg <laughs> beats Hurricane, 71-16 wow. in AAA action. Parkersburg continuing to roll on the girls' side this year where they left off last year. Lincoln County, 76, Point Pleasant, 28. That is a final, and Ryan, there's a bunch of scores out there. We'll have them all scooped up for you over the next bit. And uh, that's a look at your girls' uh, finals here from the uh, Basketball Friday Night Scoreboard Update. Thank you very much, Coach. And let's go to the phone lines for the first time. There's a big game in Class AA girls' basketball last night. Yes, even this early in the season, it was still a big game. Reigning AA state champion Fairmont Senior taking on North Marion last night. North Marion, the winning team of the state championship game, Two years ago, uh, North Marion gets the win at home, 72-63 over the Polar Bears last night. Sean McNamara is a broadcaster who – Sean covers a lot of things, so uh, we know that, but he also covers North Marion girls basketball. He joins us on the program now. And Sean, first off, nice to have you on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me, guys. 
North Marion's girls 2-0 and after that big win last night. And I, I don't think that a lot of people necessarily think of games on December 12th as big, meaningful games in high school basketball. But the way that section has played out the last couple of years, knowing that the losers had to travel to Frankfurt, which is a, a very difficult trip, even that game early on in the year, it's kind of a good litmus test for where those teams are. Yeah, most certainly. I was joking with both the coaches before the game that it seems a shame to play this rivalry this early in the year. Uh, But it certainly was a good one. The last three state champions in girls class AA basketball, a great Marion County matchup, a great Big Ten matchup, and a great matchup just across West Virginia with two of the best girls basketball teams that the state has to offer. North Marion getting that win, 72-63. Tell me a little bit about that game and, and kind of how it played out. Sure. It was a great game, and going into it, you knew that right off the bat that the guard matchup between Marley Washmitz for Fairmont Senior and Taylor Bonamici from North Marion is one of the better head-to-heads that we're going to see. Bonamici, a four-year starter, and Washmitz just a sophomore, but the MVP of last year's championship game. And Fairmont Senior came out hot. They took a 23-17 to lead after one. Washmitz leading the way early on, but then Marley got into foul trouble in the second and as soon as she went out with her third foul with 6.19 left in the first half, North Marion immediately went on an 11-2 run, thanks a lot to Taylor Bonamici, who had 22 points in the first half. And so at halftime, it was North Marion 38, Fairmont Senior 32. In the third quarter, Washington came back, and she was excellent, scoring 31 points in the game. But North Marion, thanks to Bonamici and Caitlin Carson, their sophomore, really started to pull away. They extended their lead to 58-46 at the end of three, and they pulled out the 72-63 to win. Taylor Bonamici, who's going to go on to play at Fairmont State after this season, ended up with 36 points on 12 of 19 shooting. She added nine rebounds, four assists, and three steals. She was also 12 of 15 at the free throw line. You guys remember two years ago in the state championship game, where I think Taylor ended something like 22 of 25 from the free throw line to help the Lady Huskies secure the win in the state title game. She was every bit as good last night. Again, 36 points on 12 of 19 shooting. Caitlin Carson for North Marion added 13 points, 15 rebounds. She blocked four shots. She came up very big late as a team. North Marion shot 38%, but 42 rebounds, 12 of them on the offensive side, and they forced 21 turnovers. For Fairmont Senior, Marley Washington, 31 points, 8 steals, 11 rebounds. She was all over the place, one of the best scorers and players West Virginia has. Um, she got some help from Emily Starn, who added 11 points, but it was not enough as North Marion was able to pull out the win in the 1-2 matchup here in early December. Well, Washington, it's obviously back from that state championship team a year ago, but she lost a lot of the supporting cast. Did you, I mean, obviously, with 31 points, it seems like she's having to shoulder the load to score a little bit more with this group this year. Yeah, Marley, is a, she's a volume scorer. She does a lot more. She had 31 points in the season opener against Wheeling Central, came back, had 29, I believe, against Morgantown. She's got other players that can help ease that scoring load. Emily Starn can really score. Then they got Reagan Blasher, Kara Cosby. They have other players that can score in that one. But the shots weren't falling last night for Fairmont Senior as they shot just 27% from the floor, 20 of 73. A lot of that thanks to Mike Parrish's Lady Huskies defense who were giving them fits all night. And speaking of that, you know, we talked earlier about how difficult it is in that section because 
the sectional runner-up ends up, generally speaking, going to Frankfurt for a regional game. Well, North Marion is going to make that trip tomorrow for a game at Frankfurt at 345. And, uh, you know, that, that's, a, that's another big showdown. Those are two big showdown games uh, basically two days apart. Absolutely. Um, tough game going out there. We'll get to see a little bit more from Frankfurt. Abby Beeman no longer there. So that kind of changes the composition of the Frankfurt Falcons. So it should be another good one up, the, up there. No easy games. I think there were several double-A coaches who might have gone to Frankfurt's graduation <laughs> just to make sure Abby Beeman was there <laughs> and her eligibility is done. Uh, Sean McNamara uh, with uh, North Marion Girls Basketball. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. All right, we're going to step aside and take our first break. When we come back, we will hear from the head coach of Midland Trail Boys Basketball, Curtis Miller. And we will also talk with uh, our good buddy Craig Dutton, who is, I won't call it a career change. I'll call it like making a turn and maybe heading in a similar direction, but a different path. You'll understand what I mean when we get back. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scorers online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as the teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online on great radio stations throughout West Virginia. Here's sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your calls recapping your team's game. Visit basketballnight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Thanks to everyone tonight that's calling in, sent texts, tweets, and emails. We appreciate you being part of the show and helping us cover all high school basketball in West Virginia. Join us on the phone tonight. Share your team's game. Call toll-free 855-784-6677. 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup. At hoops underscore roundup. Text the show 304-249-4924. Text the show 304-249-4924. Go to our website. Check out the scoreboard. Find out how you can connect with the show tonight at basketballnight.com. Thanks for joining us on Twitter. And a shout-out to Matt Boyd. Looking to take some classes but not sure you can make it to campus? Marshall offers a wide variety of online classes that fit your needs. Visit marshall.edu slash muonline and register today. Marshall offers more than 200 online courses and undergraduate and graduate majors offered exclusively online. Are you waiting for the perfect time to get your degree? Now's the time. Visit marshall.edu slash muonline. 
where you'll find that Marshall is the right fit for you. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 920 on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia, the season premiere. Ryan Epling, Bill Cornwell, Rick Marone with you. We'd be remiss to not talk about the reclassification that, and basically the uh, the new idea of classifying four classes for basketball for boys and girls that will go into effect next year. We're going to dive deeper into that as we go on throughout the show. Um, again, we, we, this show loves to live in the present and now and then tell some backstories too. That's something that is uh, that coaches though are going to have to start worrying about you know when it comes to scheduling and being prepared for later in the year. I know that the right now basically everybody's kind of just dealing with what's directly in front of them because it's basketball season and coach you can you can attest that there's not a lot of time to breathe as a coach to think about next year. You got to you have to worry about next practice, next game today basically. Yeah, I can tell you on the coach's side of it, it's a it's a non-factor. I mean, you're dealing with what what's before you and uh, trying to get your uh, kids ready for whatever the next challenge is and uh you know, those are people higher up the uh, pay scale, as they say, it's above your pay grade to <laughs> worry about it. A lot of those things will take place uh, later uh, in the year. And then, as you mentioned, once scheduling and stuff for next year takes place, uh, interesting for the public to look at, uh, interesting uh, for us here with the program. But, uh, yeah, day-to-day uh, stuff, I think coaches got a pretty full plate without well, worrying about that. It's just really interesting where some of the teams finished up after they had done the big reclassification what a week two before that and you saw the, the numbers as uh, uh, big single a a little diminished in double a a little bigger in triple a up to 32 teams and now you got some of those teams that, that were moving getting shuffled in other places and also you got teams that are in very unfamiliar spots as, as teams have been pushed up into triple a or double a and so uh just just a lot of movement and uh and so we'll talk a bit more about it yeah it's gonna be uh interesting and uh one thing that we'll, we'll actually i mean you know we're human we we keep up with this about as well as anyone can but we're still trying to kind of grasp exactly how that lays out for next year yeah. curtis miller is the head coach of midland trail the patriots are zero and one this season the boys basketball team um, but they're a team that will be classified as double-A in basketball in one year. Coach, let's talk about this year's team first, then we'll, then we'll look ahead. Uh, your ball club 0-1 after a, a tough loss to open the season uh, earlier this week to Clay County. And just tell me a little bit about uh, what you expect from your team this year. Uh, this is going to be a learning year for for us this year. We graduated uh five seniors last year and four of those were starters um so I'm, I'm returning i think six points back this year from last year's team so really loaded with sophomores and juniors this year who don't have varsity experience so the other night was their first action in the varsity game so we, we had a bunch of learning curves that we're going to have to go through but hopefully by the end of the year um we can be competitive with other teams and your next game next week is at home uh, against Greenbrier West. But l- now let's look ahead a little bit. The reclassifications come out. Midland Trail falls in double A in the four class layout. 
Um, and I know most of the teams are kind of the same ones that you're used to, but there would be a couple of different ones in there, including um, Bluefield and Chapmanville, uh, which is interesting the way that all works out. And uh, coach, I know we haven't even, you know, we haven't even really gotten into how that plays out. But just looking at it from your perspective and with your basketball team, uh, what are your thoughts on the uh, the, the four class system for next year? Uh, I think it's a it's a joke to me, pretty much. Um, I thought the whole purpose of this was for competitive balance, and I mean, you you can throw you can just look at the list of teams and, and tell that it has nothing to do with competitive balance. We we just made a list and made cutoff lines is what we did because there's no way if we're going competitive balance it went 29 29 29 from quad A to double A and then like you 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 know you do an elementary school experiment you throw Chapmanville Bluefield Poco Mingo Central Midland Trail one of those doesn't fit like it's really obvious that one of those wouldn't fit in that category so I'm just not not sure about the formula that they use to do this and how that would bump Midland Trail up to a double A. Um, I feel like we got punished because we're five miles from our county seat, which is Fayetteville, which if anybody's ever been in Fayette County before, we don't have population anywhere. Um, Fayetteville is a small town too, so I don't see how being five minutes from Fayetteville makes us any more of a powerhouse in basketball. I just don't quite understand the process. I feel like there's about five or six true single-A schools that are in that double-A class that, that probably realistically can't compete in that class. And just, yeah, just looking at uh, some of the teams that were, were being moved up, you're talking about, like, and I think these are the teams kind of like Midland Trail in a lot of ways. Work County would be a similar type team. Uh, South Harrison would be a similar uh, type of school as well, Those both falling in double-A. And then uh, most of the private schools falling yeah. in double-A as well, Wheeling Central, Charleston Catholic, St. Joe, Parkersburg Catholics. And another one, uh, Buffalo moves up to double-A, and then that's one that's just been, you know, seemed like we just was home in single-A. So, uh, and, and right. obviously, yeah, Coach, and this is a situation where there's not a lot you can do about it right now, but uh, if I'm not mistaken, there is a comment period that is, is opening up for potential sections, because I think that has to go through public comment. Is that correct? The, the comment period opens in January, but, you know, I know, like, like you guys said earlier, it's not like we have a lot of time to deal with this, but we have actually already sat down at Mill and Trail High School, and, you know, we've weighed out our options. You have until January the 10th to uh, put in a request to move up a class, so uh, we're actually going to move up to AAA because this is a better option for us competition-wise. So we're going to make the jump from single A to triple A in basketball for the next two years, I guess. There, there you have it. There's, there's some news here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. <laughs> coach Miller, head coach, Coach Curtis Miller, head coach of the Midland Trail Patriots boys basketball team. Thanks so much for joining us, and we wish you and your young team best of luck through the course of the season. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. All right. And yeah, a little bit of news made there, right. and and, and when he, they're not going to be the first ones and the only ones to do this because we've already heard uh, rumblings that uh, from Shannon Lewis, of course, the often uh, winning championship uh, coach of the St. Joe uh, Lady Irish, that uh, they're thinking about moving up from Double A AA to Triple A if given the option, and apparently they will be. So, 
You talk about a major jump, but they feel like they can compete with those AAA teams. Well, probably can't. To be honest with you, I don't know why they don't just go ahead and go on up to Quad A and take on the bigger schools right because on. they already beat Parkersburg by thirty last year, and, and they play a lot of them. Lost. They play a lot of them already. Right. So I mean, what what are you proving against AAA that you wouldn't prove against AA in a four class system? I, I mean, right? I'm not saying. Nah, exactly. Uh, and. Uh, but maybe they would be given that option. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. They lost a lot of talent from last year's team, but they had a girl move in from Virginia who's scoring 20-plus points mm-hmm. per game. So uh, some teams are blessed with that sometimes. We're going to step aside, take another break, come back with a scoreboard update. We'll talk with Craig Dutton. He had the Robert C. Bird game tonight. That seems a little out of his area, doesn't it? <laughs> a little bit. There's a tease. Also, we'll talk with Eric Little. <laughs> He's the voice of the Parkersburg South Patriots. He's still... That's a same, that's a, you know familiar face in the same place. We'll talk more about that. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Many places that you can listen and watch to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We're on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Just click on our affiliates page for the station nearest you. You can also watch us on high-definition video on YouTube. Go to basketballnight.com and just click to watch. On Facebook Live, go to Basketball Friday Night, and you can find us on Facebook Live. We're also on Periscope, on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. In the Huntington area, on cable, we're on Comcast Channel 25. And we want you to send in your game pictures. If you're watching right now, you see all those pics, send us your pictures so we can feature them in our video stream. Send your picks to us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. On Facebook and Instagram, send them to RSN Sports Network or to our Facebook page. You can send them by email to scores at basketballnight.com. Scores at basketballnight.com. Give us your best picks of your team and your fans. Become a part of basketballnight.com. New followers tonight. Thanks for following us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. James Hatfield, Landon Mitchell, Ryan, Joshua Nutter, and the Dog Pound. Follow us on Twitter tonight and we'll mention you by name at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. It's basketballnight.com. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State. You're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. We welcome you back on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia season premiere. Unbelievable seven years. Okay, anyway, moving forward. <laughs> um, we'll get a scoreboard update in a moment, but I want to go to the phones real quick. We'll go to Craig Dutton, who... Yeah, joins us now, and, and Craig has been a broadcaster. He was based uh, with with the radio crew uh, 
in the Middle Ohio Valley. Now he's more into uh, North Central West Virginia. Craig, a little bit of a, a change for you. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, you call that I call that home for years, but I've been living in Fairmont for the last year and a half. So, and I just did my last broadcast for football between Wheeling Central and Ritchie County just a few weeks ago. And that, that was my last broadcast at Seven Ranges Radio. So I thought, well, I'll go freelance. I'll go to the Polar Bear Tip-Off Classic tonight. And I got to see Robert Seabird take on Wheeling Central and Fairmont Senior host Shady Spring. Uh, really interesting games they had at the Armory tonight. Yeah, and a big win tonight for Shady Spring over Fairmont Senior. Basically, the only team in AA that had been able to do anything with Fairmont Senior in the last few years was Chapmanville Regional. And tonight... Shady Spring handles them in Fairmont. Yeah, Shady Spring, uh, they took on Robert C. Bird, and you know Robert C. Bird is a team that was supposed to come in really highly touted, and honestly, they just ran a brick wall with this Wheeling Central team. Jalen Creighton got things started for the Central uh, Maroon Knights, hit a lot of threes early on, and Ryan Riesbeck, a uh, sophomore, was perfect from the free throw line, had 25 points, and led all uh, Central Catholic Maroon Knights in scoring. They just dominate all the way through until the fourth period, and then Coach Bill Bennett's uh, Flying Eagles started to play more physical, and they won that entire fourth period. Limited Central to just two points in that final period. Maybe Mel Stevens was trying to play more keep away at that point, but Robert C. Bird, maybe if they just tightened up and played more physical early on, it would have been a much tighter ball game uh, to allow uh, you know Corey My- or, or Corey Miles to be able to get a little back into the game for the Flying Eagles. So a big win for the Maroon Knights of Wheeling Central over Robert C. Bird earlier today. That was 72-59. And the nightcap, now I have to ask, I don't know, you, were you able to stay for the Shady Spring Fairmont Senior game? Oh, I did. Yeah, Fairmont Senior, uh, they took on uh, Shady Spring. And, you know, Shady Spring, honestly, as a, as a team, there's a lot going in. Luke LaRose, he just transferred, played football for Nicholas County. And now he's playing basketball for Shady Spring. He was limited to one point tonight. It was uh, Tommy Williams who led the way with 25 tonight for the Shady Spring Tigers. And early on, they seemed to struggle with Fairmont Senior trying to play very physical early on. A lot of turnover. A lot of turnover on this Fairmont Senior team. They're being led by Jalen Johnson, the junior. Other than that, there's brand new faces coming off that bench. And they're still waiting for a few players to get their fifth practice in from football last week. I think they'll probably add about another two or three players for tomorrow night's game uh, versus Wheeling Central uh, in the nightcap at 6 o'clock tomorrow. Hopefully they'll be able to play with a few more, you know, get a few more guys out there on the floor and try to at least limit some of the tiredness and fatigue they face tonight with Shady Spring. It's just that Tiger team is one to watch for in the coming, uh, actually in the coming months here because they, they seem to have a lot of things going for them. They have a lot of seniors on that team, and they got many different guys who are a threat from three-point range. Shady Spring gets a big win tonight at Fairmont Senior uh, by a final score of 58-36. to Craig, it's always good talking to you, buddy, and when we get to talk to you on Friday nights, we know it's basketball season. Yes, it is. I'm looking forward to it. You guys, feel free. Message me, and if you have any interesting games throughout the season you want covered up here, I'll be glad to go try to attend that. Hopefully it's just not too far from Fairmont. <laughs> <laughs> See, uh, our reach, like there's a game over in Spring Mills. We don't know if you might well, no, just play it. Uh, Craig, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, always good talking to you, buddy. 
Thank you, guys. Have a wonderful season. All right. Thank you very much. That's Craig Dutton. Um, kind of freelancer right now. Exactly. Right? And, and, you know, he, he's moved uh, geographically in the state. So, uh, you know, if he got some radio stations wanting to do a little basketball in the North Central, give Craig a call. Uh, now, let's <laughs> move back to where Craig came from. He's Seven Rangers Radio. Eric Little, broadcaster of V96.9 WVVV. In Parkersburg, voice of the Parkersburg South Patriots. He joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And, Eric, even when Craig goes away, you still have to follow him. Well, I was just laughing at the fact you said it was a pleasure to talk to him. I mean, because this that's kind of early in the season, early in the night, to be telling lies like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I got nothing for you on that. <laughs> Love, love you, buddy, because I know we still listen. But, you know. <laughs> well, Eric Parkersburg South, it's a season of change for the Patriots. Mike Fallon uh, resigning as head coach after last year. Insert Brett Rector. If you followed basketball in the Mountain State, uh, he was someone well-known for his days at Ravenswood High School as a player not that long ago. It might seem like a good football player for the Red Devils as well. And uh, Parkersburg South 1-0 after a 30-point win over Elkins tonight. Yeah, what you had to like about Brett Rector's Patriots this evening it was the intensity. They played hard. They played uh, with passion tonight. And uh, you're going to get that in the first game. But uh, And there were mistakes for the Patriots. They're led by the 23 points of Malachi Sylvia. Uh, one of the things that I most enjoyed seeing was just the, the personal improvement within a lot of the players. Uh, uh, Sylvia was the leading scorer from last year's team, but... I believe he's the only one of the top five, or the top four, rather, that's back this year. They lost a lot of their production uh, from last year's team. So uh, they have a whole uh, slew of guards that are ready to step up and, and show some depth. Cam Marks was one of those guys. He had a good season in cross country this year. Uh, he finished with not a ton of points tonight, but had a couple of nice drives to the basket. He's getting more confident handling the basketball. He looks stronger. Uh, they have some guys coming up some strong football seasons. Dylan Day, Devin Gaines. Jake Hogg says it had good nights. Uh, physical players that uh, use some of that increased strength and increased physicality, uh, and you can tell they're carrying that over into the basketball season as well. Do you notice any difference in style of play? It's just one game in for, for Brett Rector, but I know that you've covered, obviously, the Mike Fallon teams over the years, and there were times when they played at a pretty frenetic pace. Uh, what did you see tonight that maybe was different from Parker's break style? Well, I... I saw an emphasis on getting the ball to Malachi Sylvia in the paint, and I think that's kind of where they need to go. They have a lot of size. In addition to Sylvia, they have Alex Ward with the big with the holdover from last year, but they also got Zach Cease, a transfer back from Pennsylvania, who was actually a freshman at Parkersburg South four years ago, transferred away for prep school for his uh, sophomore and junior seasons, wanted to come back home to finish out with his friends, and came back and, and delivered some production and added minutes. So the Patriots have some depth inside. So for the first time in a while, they're not going to be emphasizing uh, the outside shot right away. They don't have somebody uh, like they've had in the last few years. You have Seth Fallon, who'll shoot from the parking lot uh, if he with the ball in his hands. And before that, it was Ty Dobson, who would shoot from pretty much anywhere if given the opportunity. Anytime he had a clean look at the basket or even a, a semi-clean look, uh, so, so you, you go from you go from that to now all of a sudden you're you're emphasizing the inside, which I think is a change they would have had to make with Fallon if he had stayed anyway. But I I talked to Brett Rector about that this week. I said if my memory serves me correct, you were a shooter at Ravenswood. 
Uh, how how are you now as a as a high school head coach the team that all of a sudden is uh, is strong inside? It's kind of like you know when you're growing up, you say I'm going to be a parent and uh, I'm not going to do any of the things that my parents did, and then doing exactly those things. You know, but, but he said. But he says he learned along the way, had some great coaches uh, along the way that um, worked under some great coaches uh, that were good at uh, emphasizing the post play, emphasizing what their bigs could do. So he's used to coaching both. He's used to playing in one style and coaching the other. There you go. And Parker's works out. Bill, you have a question. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eric, uh, looking at your at schedule for the Patriots, I'm very impressed. Uh, one tradition that uh, the Patriots have continued from. Uh, Coach Fallon to Coach Rector, uh, uh, play a little bit of everybody everywhere. Um, I'm, I'm really impressed once again the fact that you play a lot. Of, obviously, you're going to play your, your rivals in Parkersburg, but uh, you're going up uh, in the Wheeling area. And then you come down uh, and playing. You're basically almost playing the MSAC at least once. Almost every member of the of the MSAC, maybe Cabell Midlands, an, uh, an exception. But uh, I, I think this has always been a good way of testing the, the Patriots and has always prepared them for. For the, for the postseason. Of course, uh, you guys are actually going to be down here in the, the Huntington area here in a couple of weeks tomorrow night against uh, Spring Valley. And I will look forward to that smile, a pleasant welcome, and a handshake on December 28th. I will, I will be there. Uh, I, I know. it's a, I, and, and I think compared to when I, I came on board here doing this program's games, uh, the big change is that though this is a team that plays in a northern-based conference, looking at the OVAC, uh, though they play in the OVAC in the Two Rivers Athletic Conference, their section and region takes them south. It used to be the other way around. They, we used to see Wheeling Park, John Marshall in the section, Morgantown, University Preston uh, in there as well. So it, it's, it's not like that anymore. So uh, the schedule used to be very heavy out of the northern panhandle, but then when the last re, you know, re, redrawing of the districts came and the redrawing of the sections and regions came, uh, that forced South to be a little different with that schedule, and they had to go look for games against the Cabell Midlands and the yeah. Huntington's and the Spring Valley. So if it's in the western half of West Virginia, Parkersburg South probably plays them. <laughs> Matter of fact, Eric, I, you know, I'd love to sit down and talk with Coach Fallon in the past, and he kind of hinted to me that if, if he had his druthers, they would have j- joined the MSAC again because basically that's who they played in the in the postseason. But, of course, that that hasn't been done. <laughs> Yeah, unfortunately, unfortunately, you can't switch the conferences the way they can switch sections and regions, yeah. and as quickly as that happens, a lot more of a complicated process. So, if you're on kind of one of those fringe areas, you know, where sometimes you're in a section that takes you south or north or east or west, uh, it, it doesn't always uh, line up with your conference. So you're in that run for a few years. So, uh, I, I know that it pre- presented some challenges and some and some logistical challenges, but you're right. Uh, they, they found a way to get a lot of games with a lot of people and uh, a lot of neutral neutral court games in past years. But but this year the schedule a little different uh, uh, with with Coach Rector coming on and uh, I, I think he had to kind of work a little later than he would like to have worked to get games in. So uh, it, it's a little bit of an imbalanced schedule this year. They don't have uh, as many home games as, as road games. And South goes to some new places and plays some new teams. Uh, Riverside is a team that's on the schedule this year that's not been on the schedule in past years. Uh, Elkins tonight is, is a different team. Uh, of course, uh, El- Elkins is coached by Coach Rector's college coach, David Davison Elkins. That's kind of uh, a neat little uh, a neat little tie in there. But uh, Dublin Kaufman, the opponent tomorrow night out of the Columbus, Ohio area, that's a home and home from last year. It, it, it's being paid off. So 
it's it, it's a nice blend of really tough teams from uh, a lot of different areas of the state. And uh, when you're within two to three hours of a lot of really good basketball teams, and you're willing to play anybody, you get some good games and you get a tough schedule. Should be a lot of fun tomorrow. Parkersburg South and the Shamrocks of Dublin, Kaufman, Ohio do battle uh, in Parkersburg. Eric Little, thanks so much for joining us. Glad to be with you once again. All right, that's Eric Little, WVVV in Parkersburg. And, you know, of course, with Craig being gone from that area now, we don't have WRRR anymore, so I'm very disappointed. That's one of my favorites. Anyway, we're going to step aside take a break. When we come back, we will get that scoreboard update. We'll talk with Jordan Mounts. And we'll talk with a, a, a girl that we first met as a player at Logan High School on this program. Now she's a head coach. That's much more to go. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. It's the Daily Hoops Roundup, part of basketballnight.com. Every day, we recap the day's scores just for you on all the teams in West Virginia. We send followers an email at 8 a.m. with the Daily Hoops Roundup. You can also visit basketballnight.com and check out the day's scores. We'd like you to become part of the score reporting crew during the week, too. Send us your team scores by Twitter, text, or email, and we'll make that part of our Daily Hoops Roundup. We want you to be part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. On Twitter, follow us at Hoops underscore Roundup. At Hoops underscore Roundup. Email scores at BasketballNight.com. Scores at BasketballNight.com. Send a text with scores to 304-249-4924. 304-249-4924. Check it out at BasketballNight.com. It's the Daily Hoops Roundup. Shout out to some of our newest Twitter followers, East Hardy Basketball. Thanks for following us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup. Madison Lloyd, Gilmer County Athletics, Quentin Burton, Trudy Totten, Matt Boyd, James Hatfield, Landon Mitchell, Ryan, Joshua Nutter, and the Dog Pound. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. We want you to become part of the basketball Friday night in West Virginia family at hoops underscore roundup. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to basketball Friday night in West Virginia with Bill Cornwell, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 9.47 on this basketball Friday night in West Virginia. We will get to a scoreboard update in just a moment, but first let's go right back to the phones. Jordan Mounts, WFGH radio broadcaster, and he's someone who is uh, uh, kind of a jack-of-all-trades. He'll, he'll go wherever you want him to go. He'll go to a game that maybe you wouldn't necessarily think he would go to, and he'll still talk, uh, call and tell us about Jordan. What game did you see? Well, 
I started the season off, I guess, close to home. Uh, I stayed there at uh, Tug Valley for our opening game there. And uh, uh, new uh, new era there for the Tug Valley Panthers, new coaching change. Uh, well, rather, uh, a new old coaching change. Uh, Garland Thompson took over the, t- the program. And uh, since uh, uh, he began his second uh, time there at uh, Tug Valley. So uh, a little bit of an interesting time down here for the Panthers. And beyond that, uh, okay, I've, I've, we've got in our call log that you've got it like Taze Valley and Greater Beckley. And obviously Greater Beckley played None. tonight in uh, Morgantown. So what am I missing okay. here? No, Help it, me it out. Was, uh, it, was, it was Tug Valley versus Greater Beckley, and this is, about, this is on the 10th of uh, December. There you go. So um, earlier this week. Yes, earlier this week. All right, so so Tug Valley, as you mentioned, with uh, Rabbit Thompson back as head coach, he's been a state championship winning coach. Uh, he he was on the bench for the back to back double A and single A championships earlier in the decade, and uh, it's always exciting when you when you get somebody back who is a known winner. Uh, you know, absolutely, and there's a there's a lot of good feelings around the program. Uh, for that coaching change uh, and, and just the potential that uh, that Tug Valley brings back to the floor, you know, uh, looking at the the preseason ratings and everything, Tug Valley was actually left off the ratings uh, for uh, the top twenty there for uh, class single A, and uh, the, the the boys and the, and the entire program feel like they have a lot to prove because they they know they're better than that, and uh, uh, they. They came out against the number two team in the state, and uh, rightfully so, in Greater Beckley there uh, at opening day, uh, and it was a it was a close game. Uh, it was decided in the fourth quarter. Uh, so uh, a young team still at Tug Valley. So they they started uh, three uh, three juniors and two sophomores. So everyone in the starting lineup will be back even next year. Uh, so it will just uh, a good effort, but uh, at the end, just wasn't enough for the for not, not enough to pull out the win. Jordan having Garland back with Tug Valley, um, my memories of him. Besides having just such dominant teams uh, a few years back, there, there was such great interest there in the Kermit and the Lenore and the Naugatuck area for Tug Valley uh, basketball and. Uh, Getting him back has to have brought back a little bit of excitement in those communities, and uh, no doubt uh, they're, they're going to make that home court a tough place to play once again because it's always been tough on opponents. You know, absolutely, and and the gym, the gymnasium at Tug Valley has just recently undergone a little bit of a, a renovation as well. Uh, new court design has been put in place. Uh, we actually played the first game on the new court design uh, here uh, against GBC. Uh, new, the audio system has been completely redone. Uh, we now have a, a theatrical light uh, show uh, wow. before uh, for player introductions and everything like that. So there's been some uh, some renovations done down there at Tug Valley. But you're right. You know, there, there's one thing that's always remained true, and that's Panther Nation has come out to support their uh, support Tug Valley, and uh, it, it it's not become known as uh, one of the toughest places to play in the state of West Virginia for, for no reason. Uh, the fans are hungry. They love their basketball. They're passionate about their team. And, and getting back to your point that you were talking about Garland, you know, it's, you're 100% right. For those, everyone that does know Garland, uh, there's not too many people that would, that would say that he's not a, just a, a great individual overall, a great leader, a great role model, for, uh, good role model for these kids as well, and just an absolute basketball genius. 
uh, Gar, you know, he, he did lead the team there to the 2012-2013 uh, uh, AA and single A respectively state championships. And uh, you know the, the the quality of athletes has not dropped uh, there in Tug Valley. It, we've had they have had quote unquote a couple rebuilding years last year being one, but uh, the the team is uh, is still very very uh, well well rounded and, and very talented this year, even with the youth that they bring to the table. Jordan Mounts, WFGH Radio. Always a pleasure, Jordan. Absolutely, Ryan. I appreciate you all uh, letting me call in. Uh, look forward to being back on camera with you all here before too long. Yeah, Jordan will be in studio with us uh, throughout the season as well. Always good to talk with Jordan. And moving right along, it was the spring or late winter, early spring of 2013 when a sophomore at Logan High School kind of made her name on a statewide stage, leading the Lady Cats to the Class AAA state championship game. They lost that night to Par- or that yeah that was night to Parkersburg South. But uh, really, kind of, I, I still remember I was at that game. Just all the people from Logan. You would have thought it was a boys' game in a state championship game. <laughs> uh, the way they they packed in for that one in the Charleston Civic Center Coliseum at the time. That's what it was called. Oh, it's a Coliseum convention or whatever. Anyway, but um, then you know Shana Gore then had a tremendous career. Um, was unable to get back to Charleston, though, but had a tremendous career throughout her high school years. Also had a big-time career at Marshall University, one of the top players in, in program history. And uh, last year was her senior year, and now she's the head coach of the St. Albans girls basketball team. Our good buddy Scott James, busy with mayoral duties yes. in, in St. Albans. So uh, Shana Gore is the head coach of the Red Dragons. She joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And Shana, now we've got you as a coach. How are things, uh, how are things going in your first year at St. Albans? Uh, it's definitely a process. Um, <laughs> trying to get to know the girls still, and they're still trying to get a feel for me. Uh, we started out, we're, at, we're 0-3. But uh, one thing that I have caught on is I get a lot of text messages and a lot of phone calls about how hard they play. And uh, if that's one thing St. Albans can be known for, then I'll take it. We just got to get the the little things in now with playing hard, which is like rebounding and communicating. I can't get them to communicate for nothing. They'll be on the sideline talking and talking to each other before practice, but as soon as you put them on the floor, they don't say a word. So it's definitely a process, (laughs) and it's definitely a transition from – being a player and being a head coach but i'm enjoying every second of it well your your playing days obviously are just barely behind you as um you were a a standout for the thundering herd women's team last year how's your perspective changing where you you know you really can't go on the floor and help them right now well um i almost got a technical both the past two games because (laughs) i have almost been out on the floor (laughs) So uh, it's definitely a transition, um, trying to get the girls, trying to pick the girls' brains and then trying to get them in mind. Um, but I've, I've also learned that as a coach, everybody's different. And uh, I do I do got a couple of girls. I'm trying to get a couple of girls in that scoring mentality right now. Um, we kind of, which is not a bad thing, but we kind of want to share the ball too much right now. And I need someone that that's going to take over and uh, that's going to get us a bucket when need be. So, 
Shana, you had quite the basketball journey this year, of course, ending your career at Marshall, and, and your your name's throughout the record book with Marshall women's basketball. Uh, uh, you had an opportunity, uh, went to Spain for a couple of weeks, uh, you found that just really wasn't for you, and you came back, and um, but it's working out for you. Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. Basketball, uh, obviously is a big part of me and, uh, who I am. And, uh, most days I miss it, but being around my group of girls and coaching, like, really brings it out. Cause I'll get in and practice with them and play with them some. And it just takes me back to my playing days. But I have to say head co- my head coaching position has really helped me transition into uh life after basketball. And it's uh, really helped me grow into, uh, into a person too. And just like, helping the girls off the floor more than on the court, uh, life after high school, and just trying to get them ready. Coach Shana Gore of the St. Albans girls basketball team. We're going we're gonna to do this again another time in a couple of weeks, and we can talk a little bit more basketball. We've got a little bit more time. Thanks so much for joining us, and best wishes to you and your basketball club. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for calling. All right. That is Shana Gore, head coach of the St. Albans Red Dragons, former Logan High School standout and former Marshall University women's basketball. She standout. will do well at, in in coaching because, as a player, she was one who put the work in, and she will put the work in as a coach as well. Yeah, I tell you what, I think one of the adjustments for her is what we all go through is it's more than just what goes on on the bench. She's having to run an entire program and coming in as a head coach of a Triple A program. Uh, I'm sure she'll do a wonderful job, but her plate is more than full. I'm sure it's it's, it's a very unforgiving area to get to, to break in, and you know, it, let her get her footing and see where things go from there. But yeah. it, it's definitely, uh, you know, like she said, off to another three start, but they play hard, and that part you can't teach. You, if, they, if you get them playing hard, you can get them aimed in the right direction. That's right. That, that's what it all boils down to. We'll step aside and take a break. One hour in the books already. I told you guys, fastest three hours in radio. We're a third of the way home already. When we come back, we will get that much-anticipated scoreboard update, and we will talk with Penn Kurtz, head coach of the Wheeling Central girls basketball team. They had a dramatic game to talk about. That's when basketball Friday night in West Virginia rolls on here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. This is high school basketball's voice in the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. A big thank you to some of our new affiliates tonight. We welcome 104.1 FM WVXS in Romney. We also welcome 92.5 FM WZAC, Madison, Danville, Charleston. And a return of the old friend, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM WYRC in Spencer. You can also listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including 1360 AM, 97.1 FM, WHJC in Matewan. We rock West Virginia louder. 105 KQV, WKQV Cowan, 105.5 FM, and heard in Braxton County on 106.9 FM. 103.7 Jack FM, WQWV in Fisher. The Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM, WKKX Wheeling. 1370 AM WVLY Moundsville, 92.5 FM WTHMLP Ravenswood Ripley, Knights Radio 91.5 FM WRSG in Middleburn, Talk Radio WRNR Martinsburg, 
7.40 a.m., 106.5 FM. Classic Hits 106 WHFI Linside 106.7 FM. 95 The Sports Fox WBES Charleston 9.50 a.m. The Voice of the Coalfields 101.9 FM and 1290 AM WBOW in Logan. Light Rock 93R WRRR St. Mary's 93.9 FM. The Ticket 102.3 FM WMTD in Hinton. The Greatest Oldies of All Time 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM WQAZLP Edmund Beckley. Thinking about joining the Marshall family? Visit marshall.edu slash tour and schedule a visit today. You can join us at one of our green and white days and see what being a son or daughter of Marshall means. You'll visit with administration and staff and see what Marshall has to offer. Can't make it for green and white day? Schedule a visit to one of our daily tours and get a personal look at Marshall's campus. To register for a visit to campus, go to marshall.edu slash tour or call 1-877-GO-HERD-1. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit basketballnight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. 10.01 10.01 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling alongside Bill Cornwell and our good buddy, the coach, Rick Marone. <laughs> He's a man of few words right now. <laughs> man of few words trying to gather my forces here. I know uh, the next couple weeks I'm going to be in parts unknown and trying to value my time <laughs> like here. I'll be coming to you guys yes, from, uh, from some other parts heading to Smoky Mountains next week. So uh, I'll try and uh, connect with you guys, but we'll be uh, – Heading on the road. I'll be in Florida, so I won't even be even near you. We'll hold the fort down. It'll yeah, be you hold right. the fort down. Um, so. so, yeah, yeah. if it snows or whatever, we'll still be here. But anyway, so, and this is interesting. Coach, this is not a call out. You'll understand what we got. 20 years ago, no one had phones on the set. You know, that was just in general. And then when cell phones first came out, it was like, you know, don't have your phone on the set. It looks like you're disinterested. Uh-uh. But now it's that's how you're gathering information. <laughs> that, it looks like you're working on the show you because are. that's what you're doing. Yeah, I think we were talking before we went on the air about the art of looking busy. And phones <laughs> yeah. are now part of looking busy. And me and Bill have mastered the hey, art. Hey, I learned from George Costanza. <laughs> you just got to act a little frustrated. <laughs> Maybe have a clipboard. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, you know, in certain shows that you watch in sports, uh, I mean, that's just part of your your wardrobe now that i'm talking about like uh on the trade deadline days or uh free agent days i mean you got the guys who are the uh, the insiders i mean they're sitting there on their phones or something and they're look either looking for text from people saying yeah so and so is is uh, moving or whatever i mean and so everybody's used to it now it's no big deal with the phones no, that's that's just that's, it's where we are in our communications age. Yeah. And speaking of where we are, we're going to talk with Penn Kurtz, head coach of the Willing Central Girls basketball team, just a moment. But right now, we need to do a long overdue scoreboard update. I called him by surprise. There we go. <laughs> First game jitters, guys. It's okay. Looking for scores, look no more. Visit basketballnight.com. Coach Marone, 
We'll turn you loose with the boys' scores. Let's take a look at the boys' scores again. One-stop shopping for your high school boys' basketball scores. Basketballnight.com is the place to go. Lots of scores coming in. First up, Morgantown, 96. Notre Dame, 44. That's part of the Big Shots Country Roads tip-off at University High School. University gets a 93-63 win over Greater Beckley Christian in the same event. South Charleston, a big win over Beth Haven. They win 91-49 in the FCA Hoops Classic. Harmon Panthers 58, Morgantown 34. Uh, Jefferson gets an 82-72 win over Broadford and Christian Academy. The Elkins Tigers fall to Parkersburg South. The Patriots win 66-36 this evening. Spring Mills, the Cardinals, 47-37 winners over Lewis County. Uh, That's part of the Musselman Tournament. Wheeling Central Maroon Knights, 72-59 over Robert C. Bird. Also tonight, Meadowbrook out of Ohio falls to Wheeling Park. The Wheeling Park Patriots, 68-62 winners tonight. Magnolia over Cameron at the half, 28-27. That game's in the third quarter as they lead them in the Sam Andy tournament in Wheeling. Phillip Barber, 77-50 over Liberty Harrison over the Mountaineers. Lincoln, the Cougars, 50. Liberty Raleigh, 37. Page County, Virginia, 60-35 over East Hardy as the Cougars come up just short tonight. Webster County, the Highlanders, off to a good start. 58-49 winners over Calhoun County. Clay Battelle, the battling CB, 69-42 winners over the 100 Hornets. Gilmer County, the Titans, remember the Titans, 53-48. They win tonight over Roan County. Woodrow Wilson, uh, an exciting finish. They get a one-point win over Greenbrier East, 54-53. The Flying Eagles come out on top. Greenbrier West, 64-61 winners over Independence. Madonna, the Blue Dons, 80-44 winners over Valley Wetzel. Scott, the Skyhawks, a good battle between Mingo Central and Scott tonight. The Miners, 79-75 winners over Scott. Nitro, 63. Herbert Hoover, 53. Oak Glen, 63-48 winners over Brooke. Pikeview, the Panthers, 66-57 over Oak Hill. Ravenswood Red Devils, 69-48 winners over the Ritchie County Rebels. Tulsa Rebels, 76-60 winners over Calvary Baptist. Lincoln County Panthers get a 52-43 win over the Van Bulldogs in South Gay, Ohio, 60. Wahama, 23. Winfield, big uh, battle with Sissonville. Winfield gets a 70-45 win over the Indians. And Shady Spring, a 58-36 win over Fairmont Senior. And that's a look at your boys' scores. I'm going to give Bill a break right now. Okay. I'll do the girls' scoreboard for you here tonight. Here are the scores from girls' high school basketball in West Virginia that we have. In the Donnie Fenton tournament in Williamstown, game came down to the wire. Wheeling Central gets the win over Marietta, Ohio, 67-66. We'll talk much more about that in just a moment. Calhoun County defeats Roan County, 65-50. It was Greater Beckley Christian picking up a 50-21 win over Taze Valley Christian. South Charleston defeats Capital 70-24. Those last three games all part of the FCA Fellowship of Christian Athletes Hoops Classic. Also tonight, Moorfield beats Pendleton County 55-41. That was in the Petersburg Holiday Tip-Off. Also in the Sam Andy Basketball Classic in Wheeling, the Patriots of Wheeling Park defeat Fort Fry out of Beverly, Ohio 44-31. Grafton picks up a win in the Sam Board Tournament over Philip Farber. Actually, that game's in the third quarter, 49-36. Harmon with a 27-25 victory over Morgantown Christian tonight. The Harmon Panthers get the win tonight. Also tonight, Van defeats Work County, 53-35. 
It was Chapmanville defeating Sherman, doubling up the tide, 70-35. to Parkersburg, impressive. The reigning state champion, Big Reds, defeat Hurricane tonight, 71-16. to It was Lincoln County over Point Pleasant, 76-28. Preston defeats Hedgesville, 65-42. And finally, the Madonna Blue Dogs behind 20 points from Lucky Police defeat Valley Wetzel, 80-44. to That's a check of your girls' basketball scoreboard on basketballnight.com. Let's go back to the phones. We mentioned that dramatic win tonight for Wheeling Central over Marietta, Ohio. Penn Kurtz is the head coach of the Maroon Knights. He joins us now. And, Coach, not not too many things much sweeter than that buzzer-beating victory. <laughs> yeah, especially because on Wednesday night we lost one just the other way. So uh, it was nice to see the team bounce back and pull one out at the end. You've got a young basketball team, kind of a, I won't say a full reset, but you, you've, you've got several new faces this year. One of them coming through tonight with about seven seconds left is Amelia uh, Laconda. Maria. 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 Oh, okay, Maria. so I, I, bro, I apologize. N, yeah. That's right. Everybody mispronounced it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, so just tell yeah, me about great. that uh, yeah. sequence. Yeah, so. Um, Actually, Eden Gaynor, our, our senior All-State guard, went down with a knee injury uh, last Friday. So Nalia is a freshman. We put her in at the point guard. And we called timeout with about 18 seconds left down one and just tried to spread the floor and uh, see who had a mismatch. And she just uh, you know, got by her player and made a nice little uh, floater in the lane and uh, went right through the hoop. And we were able to you know, defend them for the last seven seconds and, and win the game. Be hard pressed to find anyone who's played a more difficult schedule right out of the shoot as what your team has. You've already had games with Magnolia, who's obviously very good, reigning Double A champion Fairmont senior. Took them to the wire in a tough loss a week ago. Uh, you know, a tough loss to a very good university team that reached the Class Triple A title game a year ago. And I mean, just you know, next one up, right? All right, now we played Shady Side Ohio on Wednesday night. They were in the Final Four in Ohio last year. So, yeah, it's just uh, one after another. And then to come down here, Williamstown one's a great tournament every year. We're always thrilled to be invited down here. And Marietta was a tough team, a tough matchup for us. Your team gets the win tonight by a score of 67-66, to 66, the final in that one, I believe. And uh, it, it was, uh, like I said, a, a fantastic game. And Coach Kurtz, you've been around this. Uh, you've been around here for a while. Yeah, you, you and Coach Marone have crossed paths <laughs> a time or two over the years. Uh, just, we have, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, we got we got a couple of minutes here. Got any good Rick Marone stories from over the years? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, he's just he's one of those iconic coaches in the state. So we all look up to Rick and just hope that we can emulate some of the success that he's had. <laughs> How was that? Was that well, pretty good? Uh, not too bad. The, the checks in the mail, right? Not shabby. No, the one thing I will yeah. share with you, uh, uh, four or five years ago, the Gazette did a story on, I think Title IX was uh, was coming around, and there was five of us coaches that had coached girls basketball in the fall when football started, and me and Penn were two of them. I think there's three of us left, and I think all that means is we've been around a while. Penn looks a lot better than I do. We both started a long time ago. Uh, he does a great job, but uh, – uh, again, I think uh, Wayne Ryan was one of them. There was five. I think there's down to three of us with Karen Miller and Penn and myself. Uh, he is the iconic coach uh, in the state, in my opinion, and uh, he uh, has always uh, run a class program and uh, just a, a great person. And 
a great asset to girls basketball in the state. Penn, we've we've talked a little bit uh, this evening about the uh, reclassification, the two-year uh, experiment coming up. Yeah, of course, uh, Wheeling Central was put into Double A, and we also we did also discuss the fact that uh, your uh, Catholic school coaching colleague Shannon Lewis has talked about even moving up to three. Is that something that maybe Wheeling Central would consider? You know, I, we really haven't had a chance to evaluate it. Um, I, I, you know, we'll look at that, but I think we'll stay right where we are. Uh, you know, we're just—it's it, a thrill every year to have an opportunity to try and make make the trip to Charleston, and then when you get there, it's it's probably one of the highlights of a high school career for a basketball player. So, you know, whatever we have to do, wherever we have to go, we'll, we'll try and figure it out and figure out a way to get there. Coach Penn Kurtz of the Willing Central Maroon Knights girls basketball team. Always a pleasure to talk hoops with you, Coach. Thanks for joining us and look forward to uh, speaking with you again throughout the year. All right. Thanks for the call, gentlemen. Have a good evening. All right. You too. And, uh, again, a nice win tonight over Marietta, Ohio for the Maroon Knights. You guys, we haven't really got to talk too deep into this. But, um, you know, when you, when you look at Class AA, I think a lot of people a year ago thought that Frankfurt was a one-person show with Abby Beeman. I think people who saw them play realized they weren't a one-person show. She was, she was just leading a, a very good basketball team. Uh, she graduates the supporting cast, so-called supporting cast. Uh, you know, that almost sounds like you're discounting them, but you know, the, the rest of the team kind of rallying back together, and that team's off to a great start. They're not getting a lot of attention statewide, but they picked up a win over University, who... Again, played for the AAA yeah, title yeah, a year yeah, ago. Yeah, exactly. You're 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 uh, going up class and, and beating a AAA, and it kind of shows you that it wasn't a one girl show. It was definitely a team. And now those folks who were maybe the supporting cast now they're they're the stars. And it's not just one. You've got you've got capable players throughout that Frankfurt team there, and obviously they can perform. And they're off to a four and zero start. Yeah, I'll tell you what, Ryan, I think uh, what is wonderful about uh, a new season starting is players assume different roles. Uh, as you mm-hmm. mentioned, Abby Beeman is a name known all across the state, just a tremendous player at Frankfurt. Uh, those players that were a little more role players that were in the background, now all of a sudden the light shines on them. I know a game that you uh, covered this week with uh, with Wayne and Logan, uh, similar situation. You know, Wayne High School has been to the state tournament a couple times now. But there's been different faces changing, but the program's still there and some emerging players there for the Pioneers, and I know we'll cover them throughout the season this year. But sometimes it's people that are there. It's like hiding in plain sight. Now they get the spotlight, and, and some of them do a great job stepping up to the challenge. And, and another thing, start of the season, it's always really neat. Use a coach, Rick, Ryan and I's players and just fans in general. It's fun to see players that have done the work in the offseason. They've gone to camps. They played during the, the summer uh, uh, time of competition in June and uh, just doing little things to improve their game, and you can see it. And you can see they couldn't do that back in, in March or back in February. But you know what? They've developed Maybe it's a crossover dribble. Maybe it's a better three. Uh, maybe it's a little bit of quickness. Boy, big change. Maybe it's just maturity that's come on. And you can see it from whether they left it off in March to now here in December. Speaking of Wayne, real fast, I'll bring it back to Frankfurt. I was at that Wayne Logan game last night, looked across the way, and I see about 4,000 points worth uh, sitting on the front <laughs> row of the, uh, in the stands because <laughs> from the last two years who have graduated, and then you look on the floor and they're still putting out a, a quality product, and that speaks a lot 
for the kids and the coaching staff and what they've, what they've done to work together to be as good as they can be. Yeah, and I think there is a good uh, parallel there between Frankfurt, Wayne, different parts of the state, but programs that are building that tradition and then young players coming up want to be a part of it. They work on their game, as Bill said, and they want to keep that tradition going. And, and as you mentioned, right. Wayne right in the mix again and Frankfurt as well. And coaches want to develop consistency, and uh, Frankfurt's obviously got that. You, you mentioned with Wade Williamson and Wayne, they want to be not just a, a one-shot wonder. They want to be consistent. Exactly. And, and, and Coach, um, you know, you, you've been around. You've had some spectacular players at Tulsa over the years. And, you know, unfortunately, about every four years, they graduate. <laughs> but um, and, and tell me about some of the times that you've coached and, and, uh, firsthand the year after you've had a spectacular player go through and you still have a big season. Yeah, I tell you what, uh, a lot of times uh, it, it's a motivator for you. Uh, you know, we've made the state a few times. We were there in 016 just a couple of years ago. And the following year, we had a turnover in personnel. And, uh, and we had a lot of young players coming in, and uh, they wanted to make their own mark. And that's something that we uh, try and pride ourselves on is every season's its own entity. Uh, you know, leave your mark here. Our goal they hear from me when they walk in as freshmen, leave our program better than when you got here. It may be things on the court. It may be things in the classroom or in the locker room uh, as a leader. And uh, we've had some years, like at the 017 year, we're in the regional finals playing Williamstown, one step from the state tournament, uh, won the same number of games we won the prior year. Uh, this year we're excited. We won 15 games last year. We got to the second round of the sectional. A lot of new faces in our program. But I think that it's a motivator. It's exciting. And I think old guys like me, uh, it motivates me, Wade Williamson, Pinkerts, who does look a lot younger than me and Wade. Uh, but uh, it motivates us as coaches. I think if every year were the same, uh, I would have uh, been done a long time ago. I think every year is trying to get the best out of people. And sometimes our most successful years have not ended in the state tournament, but it's been successful because of growth from where we started and where we're, where we're at and then those goals ahead of you. So it's exciting. We've got to set aside and take a break. When we come back, we're going to dig into a story that I think a lot of folks will find interesting. There, there was a, an altercation between two parents at a basketball game. We won't dig too far into that, but trust us, it's, an, it's a fascinating story. It is. And, but it's one we can all learn a lesson from. We'll have that one Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit BasketballNight.com. A big thank you to our newest affiliates joining us this season, including 104.1 FM WVXS and Romney. Also, 92.5 FM WZAC, Madison, Danville, Charleston. And a return of an old friend, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WIRC and Spencer. We also want to thank our many other stations, including Tune For You, Yap Radio, 101.7 FM, WYAPLP Clay, 104.5 FM, WASPLP Huntington, 101.1 FM, WVWPLP in Wayne, 90.7 FM, WFGH Fort J, and Marshall University's flagship station, The Cutting Edge, 88.1 FM, WMUL in Huntington. Cable subscribers can find Basketball Friday Night in the Huntington region on on Comcast Channel 25, Armstrong Digital Channel 204. 
You can listen online with any computer or mobile device by going to basketballnight.com and click on Listen Live. Streaming online high-definition video can be found on our website, basketballnight.com, and on our Facebook page, on Periscope, on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup, and on YouTube. We want you to become part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Follow us on Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup. Big shout-out to our newest Twitter followers tonight, including Dalton Darway, Joshua T. Thompson, Jason Knapp, and Bryant Sanders. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. 20 after 10 on this Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Yeah, we're almost halfway home already for our season <laughs> premiere. And my, just think back to the way things have changed at this uh, show over the past uh, seven years now, six years, seven seasons uh, from our days on the old public affairs table up in the classroom studio at WMUL uh, here at Marshall University to uh, being on the set that we're actually looking at across from us right now to uh, a set that Mike Stanley, Marcus Constantino, Fred Dameron, like they had to piece it together every week for the show and now where they just decided to build our own set. So we've moved around and in the studio a few times. I'm, ex- I'm excited, too. We've even added a few new jerseys this year. Yes, uh, and including Grace Christian. Grace Christian, the, the Lady, Lady Soldiers, Soldiers. yes. And, and we, I want to talk about that in a moment, too. Yeah. Um, a little bit about Grace Christian. Also, just about the role of gender in sports, because that has come up uh, recently within West Virginia, and I think everyone's respectful with how they've handled it. I don't think anybody's trying to do anything uh, malicious, so we want to talk a little bit about that from, from our perspectives as well. But first, uh, let, allow me a moment to read a few lines from the Herald-Dispatch, HD, uh, it's herald-dispatch.com, out of Huntington, uh, owned by HD Media, also uh, affiliated with the Charleston Gazette Mail. Um, earlier this week, Cavill Midlands girls defeated Boyd County, Kentucky in a game in Ona. And uh, that was a big win for Cavill Midlands girls. Boyd County's been to the Sweet 16, had Mrs. Bas- or Miss Basketball in Kentucky a year ago. Savannah Wheeler had an excellent player in Harley Painter this year. Uh, but Cavill Midland was able to get that win, so look, look out for Cavill Midland to be a little bit right. good as the season goes along. But uh, a bigger story here, though. Um, there was a fight on the floor under the basket after the game between two men who were at the game. Um, turns out they were both parents of Boyd County players. And, and again, this occurred at Cabell Midland. This occurred at Cabell Midland <laughs> under the basket in front of students and staff. The police was called in. Uh, they were separated, escorted out. Uh, apparently they were fighting because one man's daughter played more than the others. This, I cannot kid you. Yeah. This is the reason that was given for the fight. Um, between the two adult grown men uh, with children um, at 
the Boyd County Campbell Midland and, girls basketball game between two Boyd County parents. It's interesting what may have led to this. Funny, you know, we we don't have the details, but uh, you know it, it, the, the insinuation you almost get. Well, maybe uh, one had more influence on. Uh, the coach or than the other did, and of course, and, and I that, that's not going to be the case because we, Ryan, you and I know, and, and you do as well, Rick. Know Pete Fraley, who's the coach there, and I mean, he's not going to have anything like that uh, make his determination. So, uh, but it's just interesting that parents take a chill pill, and, yeah. and I mean, you know, let the coaches coach, let the players play. You sit in the stands. And you cheer on your kids. Do not take count of minutes or points because that's not what it's all about. Uh, both men declined to press charges. They've both been banned from future Cabell County School functions as well as Boyd County that, School functions. Yeah, that's the bad part for them. Now you can't watch your daughter. You play. can't go watch your daughters play. <laughs> and, and now I, I do want to say, um, according to. Uh, a police report that the men apologized to each other, hugged and shook hands after it was over, but it got too far before they got there. And, and it's really just sad. Um, you know, you, you go to ball games long enough, you'll, you'll hear grumbling. You'll hear grumbling. And, and your kids only get, now in Kentucky, they get six years of eligibility because of, they can play in seventh grade. But your kids get four years to play high school basketball with the kids and friends that they grew up with. They're making memories that will last a lifetime with them. Uh, they're doing something that is special in front of their community, friends, family, uh, you know, people they go to church with, people they grew up with, people their parents grew up with, people their parents work with. Uh, it's really like an extended family. You only get so many opportunities to do this, and it's a very short window. Four years to a high school kid seems like a long time. To an adult, it, it is the blink of an eye. And to to know that that's going to scar. I, I'm sorry those those kids will remember this, <laughs> and, and they'll oh. know this. I mean, these are high school girls. So it, it, they're, they're, they will remember what yeah. their dads did, and that will be a negative to their basketball experience. This is a great game. It's downright magical uh, if people sometimes just kind of stay out of the way and, and let it let it take place. Yeah, I think uh, Bill mentioned earlier too. I, I don't even think she even mentioned the coach. I mean, this is not anything he's, to do he's with not coaching. In that at this all. has nothing to do but no. two people that need to address their own situation. Yeah. Uh, if it can happen at a basketball game, it can happen somewhere else. Uh, that's where the focus should be. And you're exactly right. Is uh, is enjoy the sport, enjoy our young people. Yeah. Uh, when you have a, a child or grandchild or someone that's playing a sport, you're obviously there to support them. But when it becomes something that uh, that causes you to act in a way, and I won't assume anything about either one of the individuals involved, no, no, no. it happens all widespread, not just here. Uh, it's a chance to look at yourself. And as we do, yeah. you look at this, and if others can learn from that, and maybe take pause and say, hey, wait a minute, you know, am I going down that path? Then it, it can be a benefit. But enjoy the game and enjoy the kids. Like Ryan said, and, it goes far too quickly. And be positive about it. Come and have a positive attitude about what basketball does for your kids, what's for your grandkids. And, and respect the work that your, your coaches are doing. They put in so many hours. They put in, don't not hours, they, but they put in months and they put in years. And, uh, you know, just let them do their job. You sit in the stands and you be positive and you be reinforcing. Don't, don't be like keeping clock almost like, well, my kid didn't play this. 
minutes or my kid played this many minutes and should have played this many. Don't worry about that. You're promised the opportunity to play approximately 88 games in your high school career. Um, of course, we're going to have some snow issues, et cetera, et cetera, but you, you can't let those opportunities pass you by. And obviously, this is a situation where hopefully everything's okay there. Again, not, does not involve the only involvement of West Virginia schools in this was that it happened in West Virginia. Yeah. It wasn't between people from West yeah. Virginia. So hopefully, uh, everybody can just kind of take pause in that. See how ridiculous that sounds to hear about it happening somewhere else, and go, like Coach said, um, maybe I need to kind of back away just a little bit and just let the kids be kids and enjoy the moments. Another thing I want to talk about, and we've got a little bit of time here. We, we might run just a little bit long in this segment because I, I think this is something that we can all talk about because we all have different perspectives on this. I'm not going to say exactly which one because uh, you know that, that's not important. The broader topic is a fascinating one. Uh, a newspaper within West Virginia made a New Year's resolution that it would, in the uh, effort to uh, not offend anyone, is what, is what they said, that they would no longer identify girls' sports teams with the term lady by only using the school, but instead they would only use the school mascot name. For instance, we've got a Grace Christian Lady Soldiers jersey. I say that because it says Lady Soldiers on it, and, uh, but they would only use soldiers for it, uh, for them, in that, in that um, example. And a, one of the schools that uh, is covered by that paper one of their coaches said, we call ourselves the Lady Cougars, and that, or the Lady Team Whatever. Yeah. That brings us to an interesting situation. And I say that because I'm a public address announcer for women's college basketball. Um, also do girls' high school basketball, boys' high school basketball times over the years as well. And, uh, Bill, you, you're in the same boat I've I done am the same thing. Regard. And, and Coach Rohn, you coach teams. Um, <laughs> There, there's obviously been the, the movement to eliminate the gender terms yeah. in terms of, you know, with girls' basketball. Gender neutral. Or girls' sports teams, yeah. girls' athletic teams. Gender neutral terms. Just using the, the main mascot, such as at Marshall, the Thundering Herd versus used to be the Lady Herd. But they just go by Thundering Herd across the board now. Uh, speaking from someone who, uh, from the college side of things, I always look at the opposing team's game notes because that's something you have in college. You don't have that in high school. Uh, always look at the uh, game notes and see how they refer to their own team. If they don't refer to them, I, you know, I, I tend to err on the side of just whatever the school name is with, with no gender term with it. With no, uh, we're not putting the term lady in front of it. But some schools are like that. I, I know I, Penn State and Marshall played women's basketball in Huntington a couple of years ago. And I, I missed the game note. Like I, I didn't see the note. And I was like, okay, the Nittany Lions. That is such a iconic, unique name, and the sports information director comes over and says, we're just the Lady Lions. Lady Lions. Which is fine. I didn't know that. Uh, Southern Miss is the Lady Eagles, for instance. But those don't always match between sports, I've noticed in college, no. too. Softball. I'm a college softball announcer, too. And uh, that, that happens quite often, but, where it's like, well, oh, our softball team is just the Eagles, for instance, well, but our women's basketball team is the Lady Eagles. Well, and, of course, the the most extreme one I think of is Hawaii. The the guys are the the Rainbow Warriors and the girls are the Wahinis. Yes, the Wahine, Yes, the, the fighting Wahine. Yes. And, and I'm going to say that you know you talk about the the Marshall situation with uh, uh, talking about uh, Lady Herd or Herd. 
uh, folks who would object to the lady herd would really have been going nuts back in the days <laughs> when they were called the green gals. And, I, and, and, and I'm old enough, I remember the green gals. <laughs> Things were a lot different. There. And the reason we're, we're talking about this, though, is uh, here's my advice for high school people who are you know covering high school sports. Uh, just be aware of your surroundings. If you go to Wayne, for instance, I, I'll use that because I'm very familiar with it, there is signage for the Lady Pioneers. So it's okay to call them the Lady Pioneers. I think they even have it on their new warm-ups uh, okay. that they have Lady Pioneers. But, you know, I always try to pay attention to what's written, you know, if the team has it on their jerseys or somewhere in, in an arena, then, you, you know, you can do that. Um, Coach, uh, you, the Lady Rebels, you know, that's, that's something that is synonymous with your program. There's never been any disrespect or malcontent from that. I don't think anybody who would just call you the Rebels would be aiming to do so either. No, and I'm sure in all the courses of uh, sports and over the years that that there's probably been uh, uh, just the Rebels used. But, uh, you know, it's always been the Lady Rebels, and uh, there's no offense on either side, and uh, we take pride in it. And uh, all the girls that have worn the uniform over all the years, uh, before I got there and uh, after I leave, uh, we'll take pride in it. So I think you're exactly right. Just be aware of your surroundings and, uh, you know, just be respectful of everyone, and, uh, and I think you, you'll be fine then. Yeah, don't, and don't always just ask the coach because the poor coach is just – he's got 100 things to worry – he or she has 100 things to worry about before a, a game. Maybe ask the scorekeeper right. at the worst. Right, right. But like I said, I'll, I always stick by what's written on the uniform mm-hmm. or, or, you know, warm-up tops tend to be – warm-up tops tend to be your – your True. key factor there because they, they don't don't always match the jersey, right? Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's just I thought it was interesting that it drew a reaction from somebody kind of trying to you you know use more gender neutral terms when it comes to covering girls sports. So uh, I, I think it can be well intentioned, but I think it can be inadvertently um, you know you you might kind of shake the apple cart a little bit so to speak if you're not careful. So. Yeah, you know, uh, good intentions, et cetera, et cetera. But just again, that was my advice: be aware of your surroundings at all times. That's what it all boils down to, right? We're going to step aside, take a break. When we come back, another scoreboard update, and we will talk with Mike Goddard, broadcaster of WRLB in Lewisburg at Greenbrier West and Independence. That's when basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. High school basketball action in West Virginia is heating up as teams focus on a trip to the state championship in Charleston. Stay up to date with your local team and its progress all season long with Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia for three hours every Friday night from 9 to midnight. Listen online or on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State. Hear sports writers, broadcasters, coaches, players, and your calls recapping your team's game. Visit BasketballNight.com for more details on how you can become part of the show. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. Thanks to everyone tonight that called, sent texts, tweets, and emails. We appreciate you being part of the show and helping us cover all high school basketball in West Virginia. Join us on the phone tonight. Share your team's game. Call toll-free 
Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. You can also text the show at 304-249-4924, 304-249-4924. Go to our website, check out the scoreboard, find out how you can connect with the show tonight at basketballnight.com. A shout-out to some of our newest Twitter followers tonight, including Alice Likens, Devin Heath Granger, Rose Jennings, Richard Pettit, Joshua T. Thompson, Jason Knapp, Brian Sanders, St. Joe, Boys Hoops. They're all part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. school basketball around the mountain state you're listening to basketball friday night in west virginia on the fast break sports network now back to your hosts bill cornwell coach rick marone and ryan epling 1036 on this basketball friday night in west virginia ryan epling rick marone bill cornwell happy to have you along with us as we roll through our season debut we're going to get that scoreboard update in just a moment but i want to go back to the phones Mike Goddard, WRLB in Lewisburg, joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And Mike, Greenbrier West, uh, a ball club that had a spectacular season a year ago. Uh, that, that, was, that was one of our favorite teams to kind of follow along the way as uh, the Cavaliers had a tremendous season. And uh, you know, tell me a little bit about what's expected uh, down that way this season. Well, thanks for having me, guys. And, uh, yeah, you're right. Last year was a pretty magical season in Charm Co. Uh, it was our first appearance in the state tournament since uh, the 1992 team had won the AA state championship. Our roster looks quite a bit different this year as uh, we lost uh, the Green Bar West's all-time leading scorer, Noah Midkiff. Uh, we lost two other all-state players in the uh, Odell Twins, Colin and Riley, um, Shane Griffith, and uh, – uh, Cody Lewis, just to name a few. So the Cavaliers are down to one senior on their squad this year. Uh, that is uh, Chase Hagee, a very junior heavy team. Uh, Caden Pack, who saw a lot of playing time last year, uh, pretty significant minutes in the uh, state tournament game against uh, Trinity, um, and you know through midseason on. Um, Lawson Vaughn is another uh, junior that saw quite a few minutes last year and he's going to be relied on a lot this year and then you have some other uh, junior players there that uh, got a lot of JV minutes but uh, hadn't really gotten a lot of uh, varsity time until tonight and uh, coming out of the gate Greenbrier West uh, looked kind of rough early on uh, as expected um, a lot of growing pains and Late in the first quarter, going into the second quarter, Greenbrier West was down 22-11. Caden Pack drew three first-quarter fouls, so he's out of the game. Lawson Vaughn, another name that I just mentioned right there, uh, early into the second quarter, he's got three fouls, so he's on the bench. But one of those kids that played a lot of JV minutes last year, Chase Boggs, stepped up, really stepped up there in the second quarter. I think he had 11 points in the second quarter. He brings Greenbrier, back, uh, Greenbrier West back. Uh, to a halftime lead, a two-point lead at halftime. And uh, then it was 
pretty nip and tuck in the second half until about three minutes to go in the game. Greenbrier West had finally opened up an eight-point advantage. Independence kids really fought back. Uh, they cut the lead down to two. A late free throw for Greenbrier West uh, was the uh, winning margin there, 64-61. to 61. But uh, Independence had a shot there at the uh, end of the game, and it just fell short. 64-61, Greenbrier West opens its season with a victory over Independence tonight in Charm Co. And uh, for the Cavaliers, you know, kind of looking ahead now after you get that season debut behind you, now you get the weekend um, before coming back to play on Monday a trip to Pocahontas County. And for most teams, that's a long trip. For Greenbrier West, it's just a pretty long trip. Yeah, it, it's, it's not short by any means. But, and <laughs> no. I made the trip up earlier this week to watch the girls' game. Um, and uh, but, but speaking of which, they have a really fantastic girls' team this year. But, uh, yeah, we're going to go on the road Monday, and then we'll go back on the road Tuesday night to Midland Trail. Um the New River Valley Conference was kind of uh, restarted this year with uh, a lot of Southern single-A schools, uh, Greenbar West, Pocahontas County, Midland Trail, Meadow Bridge, uh, Summers County. So uh, these are early New River Valley Conference games. Uh, they'll be important. But uh, I think tonight was just really important to get those opening night jitters out of the way. And... Uh, he didn't want me to talk about this, but I want to go ahead and mention, I know you talked to uh, assistant coach Jared Robertson many times last year. Mm-hmm. He is now our head coach. Uh, Joey Fitzwater stepped down to take our middle school job after 19 seasons. So uh, Coach Robertson becomes the fourth head coach in Greenbrier West history, and uh, he joins uh, legendary John Estep as uh, one of the only two to win their opener at Greenbrier West. Wow. Nice. So nice, nice win tonight for the Cavaliers. And again, back in action uh, Monday at Pocahontas. Mike Goddard, WRLB in Lewisburg. Thanks so much for joining us. I appreciate you guys having us. All right. And uh, we certainly appreciate talking with Mike. Greenbrier West was one of the schools. If it weren't for the amazing run last year from Webster County, then Greenbrier West would have garnered a lot more attention. That's a good. That's a really good basketball team. Went to the state tournament. Yeah, went to the state tournament. Won the hit tournament last year uh, convincingly, and uh, again uh, hit heavy by graduations. And then uh, Coach Fitzwater leaving, uh, big blow for them. But good to hear that he's still in the coaching ranks. Yeah. They, well, they got they got a lot of good competition down there in that region. When you think about Summers County and, uh, and Metal Bridge, I mean those are those are tough teams there, and they've been good teams and good programs for a long time. So. That is quite competitive region down in that part of the state. Phone lines are backing up, so let's get right back to them. Dave Morrison, SuperDaveSports.com. No one covers Region 3, boys and girls high school basketball in West Virginia, better than Dave Morrison. Dave, welcome back to the program. Man, how are we doing this evening? We are doing fantastic. Hey, we're only like a week and a half into the season, boys and girls combined. How many games have you been to now? I've been to uh, five, if you count, two tonight. Woo! <laughs> five, three girls' games, two, two, and that's on one leg. So, uh. you know, when I get two, I'll really get going. <laughs> yeah, you're off to a slow start, Dave. I don't know. 
Yeah, you know. <laughs> uh, so, obviously, there's a lot of basketball history in that area. We talk about that every year. What are we looking for in that part of the state? You know, we're talking Region 3. We're talking, like, the Bluefield, Beckley, and over into the Greenbrier Valley uh, areas of the state. Yeah, Fayette County, um, Wyoming County, of course. And I do a lot of things in Wyoming County because that's where I'm stationed now, so... Sounds like the military. That's why. I'm <laughs> <laughs> and, I've, and I've been to Wyoming. I've been to West Side quite a bit. I was there tonight for two games. Liberty played Lincoln. That's the Lincoln in Central West Virginia. Lincoln wins that game uh, over Liberty tonight in the nightcap. West Side with a 69-62 uh, win over Prince. And I saw a kid. Actually, I saw a kid bank a three. I didn't think he called bank. I talked to the opposing coach. The opposing coach says, no, he, he called three. My kids came over and told me. So, <laughs> I mean, anytime you get your opposing coach calling, saying that the kid called back, hey, you can just about bet that he did. But a, a good game there between Westside and uh, Princeton. Uh, a lot of, I think that we have a lot of change. This is last year's region, in Region 3, as we know it. As you know, the uh, new classification uh, came out, or at least where people will be at uh, classification-wise. And, I kind of really hate to see Region 3 go, but uh, should, I, I think Oak Hill was probably the king of Section 1 last year, and uh, I think it's up in the air as much as it's been for years there in Section 1. Wyoming East probably your team to beat Westside Liberty should be good. Um, you've got Section 2. Now you've got Bluefield and Shady Spring. Now Shady Spring I saw beat Fairmont tonight. I think Fairmont must be rebuilding. Uh, did you guys see that score? Yes, it's a 20-point game. 58-36. Buchel Rose with one point. I just stepped in the house. I'm trying to ascertain why he had just one point. I know Tommy Williams had 25, and a very good freshman. They have Braden Chapman had 15. So Buchel Rose, one point after coming over from uh, Nicholas County. And uh, like I said, I'll have to get to the bottom of that. I'm, I don't know if he was hopefully not injured and uh you don't expect to see Luke LaRose with one point. No, the all-time leading scorer in Nicholas County High School boys basketball history. Scores one in his debut for Shady Spring, which is a 23-point win or 22-point win on the road at Fairmont Senior. None of this makes sense if you, if you just say it that way. I know. If you, just, if you think – if you're told that Luke LaRose is going to score one point and Shady Spring is going to Fairmont, you know, you're probably thinking it's going to be a long night for Shady Spring. It didn't turn out that way. No, so uh, have, you seen a Greenbrier, have you seen the Greenbrier uh, Woodrow score? That's another one. I, I just stepped in the house, honestly. Yes, Woodrow Wilson picking up a 54-53 win. Wow. That one that that opener with, between those two is always close. Yes, I, I believe uh, Greenbrier East got them a couple of years ago in a year that Woodrow was very good. I believe they got them last year. Yeah. Last year, I think they won that game. And, of course, the girls around here, you always think uh, of Wyoming East, and apparently, again, they're going to be a very good team, uh, a 91-10 to win. And I, and I noticed a lot of people on, on Twitter, you know, noting that, you know, come on, 91-10. to 10. But um, I can tell you by looking at the huddle or whatever they have, it has the minutes played. No starter played in an entire quarter. It's, um, no. You know, you can't just really tell your 12th and 11th, 13th, 14th person to, you know, shut it down. They want to play, too. But uh, I think it's going to be a very good battle there between Wyoming East and Westside in this section. And they play next week, middle of next week. 
That should be a good one. Dave Morrison, SuperDaveSports.com. Always a pleasure, Dave. And, you know, maybe you can actually get to a few games this week and we can talk about it next week. Well, I'm going to try to get out. There might be something interesting on TV I want to watch. Hey, when you talk to Cos, call him three-finger Cos. You don't know what you're talking about. Oh, no. Interesting picture of him from the uh, Super Six. It looked like... I called him Mordecai Three Finger Cause. I don't know. <laughs> old picture. An old picture back in the, like the nineteen eight, the nineteen teens, I believe. And maybe you got it. He may have been around then. <laughs> well, you know what? I feel like we're being set up, so we we'll might walk into that with him, but we'll be very careful. <laughs> hey, you guys, you guys have a great evening, man. Thanks so much, Dave Morrison, SuperDaveSports.com. We have to step aside and take a break. When we come back. We will talk with Todd Maynard, head coach of the Tulsa boys basketball team. And we'll talk with Morgan Sherwood, student broadcaster from Hedgesville High School. That's when basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Marshall University's sports journalism major offers students the opportunity to develop skills in the exciting areas of print, public relations, or broadcasting. Our curriculum features terrific skill-based courses and prioritizes hands-on experience that not only expose the students' work to the public, but also to the sports journalism professionals who are often willing to provide crucial feedback. Marshall sports journalism majors cover our 15 varsity teams in any media format, including text, online, photo, radio, or video. Hands-on, real-life experiences come through Marshall's student-powered media, the Parthenon, WMUL Radio, and MUTV, as well as communications campaigns and off-campus internships. The Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Thanks for joining us tonight. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. We want you to join us on Twitter. Big shout out to some of our newest Twitter followers at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup, including James Persinger, Brian Pierce, Nathan Walsh, Jeff Kraft, Andrew Ryder, Brian Mudry, Kirsten A., Caden Stewart, Brooke Lipford, Blazer, Tom Jode, Sam Cremines, Justin Taylor, David O'Leary, Marshall Powell, Caden Sammons, and Kelly Shoemate. They're all part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Follow us on Twitter, at Hoops underscore Roundup, at Hoops underscore Roundup. up to date on your favorite teams check out basketballnight.com now back to basketball friday night in west virginia with bill cornwell coach rick marone and ryan epling 10 till 11 on this basketball friday night in west virginia ryan epling rick marone bill cornwell with you big win tonight for the tulsa rebels as uh, they get their second win of the year in as many days and in as many outings with a win over Calvary Baptist tonight, 76 
260 head coach Todd Maynard joins us now and uh, it says we get this work there we go nope you know, it's game one. It's day one. Now we got it. There we go. <laughs> Coach Maynard. With, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I, I can click a button. All right. Coach Maynard, thanks so much for joining us. And congratulations on a win number two in as many days to begin the season. Yeah, we appreciate that. Uh, yeah, we uh, played a uh, good game tonight versus a very well uh, coached and uh, good balanced uh, Calvary Baptist team. Uh, they're big and long and uh they caused us some fits early there, but uh, we shot the ball exceptionally well tonight. Uh, so, uh, yeah, a good win for our program early on in the year. Bombs away tonight, right? Yeah, yeah. We shot the three ball pretty well tonight. So, uh, I tell you what, we look really good when it goes in, but when it don't, uh, we don't look too good. So, we shoot a high volume of them, so uh, they went in tonight. So, it was pretty good for us. 14 made threes for the Rebels in that 16-point victory tonight over Calvary Baptist. And, Coach, we talk about uh, jumping right in. You played last night, a 15-point win over Covenant Christian. You played tonight, 16-point win over Calvary Baptist. And you play tomorrow against St. Joe. I mean, you're you're taking this uh, NBA-type schedule here, right? Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. uh, I like to blame that on our AD down there. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, that's... uh, you know that's kind of how it went there with the with the scheduling. So uh, you know it uh, it'll be a good test for us early. Um, so I hope uh, we have enough legs tomorrow to compete. It's a big game for us tomorrow at St. Joe. We're playing over there in the Fairland Invitational there in Ohio, and uh, it's a sectional opponent. And uh, I know they have some uh, new welcome faces and a new coach there. So. Uh, you just hope we have enough gas to uh, last another 32 minutes over there. Yeah, exactly, Todd. You got you're playing in the Big E Classic over there at Fairland, which is a, a big uh, one day event. And you mentioned it; uh, it's going to be interesting to go up against uh, Ryan Taylor. Uh, of course, uh, folks remember him as that one, an outstanding player for the Marshall Thundering Herd, and he's getting, kind of getting his sea legs as, as a coach. And, and they've actually had a pretty good start, so that's going to be a good challenge. Oh yes, definitely. Uh, we played them in some fall league, and uh, they're uh, they're uh, really uh, quick, and uh, they have added some, a couple uh, big guards, and uh, they can shoot it and drive it. So they're uh, they're going to be extremely tough tomorrow. And then you turn around and play Monday as well. <laughs> yep, yep. So no rest for the weary. <laughs> no for rest for the weary. Uh, You're going to be a fifth of the I, way I through mean, your I mean, season <laughs> on Monday. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I told them if they went 4-0 through uh, the weekend here, we might give them Tuesday off. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Coach Todd Maynard of the Tulsa Rebels boys team off to a 2-0 start. Again, playing St. Joe tomorrow in Proctorville, Ohio, and then playing Grace Christian on Monday. Coach Maynard, thanks so much for joining us. Congratulations on those first two wins. All right. Thanks for having me. You guys have a good night. All right. Thanks, you too. And uh, Guys, let's keep it right going because we, we're running a little short on time. We'll see how this goes. I love that in-between time where you got to pick. So if I even talk about it, I'm wasting time. Let's go back to the phone lines. Morgan Sherwood is a student broadcaster for from Hedgesville High School. She covers a little bit of everything around the Martinsburg area. Uh, she joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And Morgan, welcome back to the show. I'm so glad to be back after touring um, the campus with you guys last or over the summer, I guess. Yes, we did meet Morgan here. Uh, she did uh, attend a, a broadcasting camp here at Marshall, or a, a journalism camp, journalism excuse me, camp. at Marshall University. So did get a chance to meet her while she was here over the summer and, uh, you know, had a good time. Uh, you know, it's nice to put 
but faces with the, the voices that we hear in our heads. That sounds weird, but it's radio, so that's what we do. Um, yeah. and, and I do want to say, Morgan, we, we've had some of your work, too. We see it online uh, that, that you do uh, through Hedgesville, and, and really you do a phenomenal job with uh, a lot of, like, even the videography and, 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 and putting the editing of videos together. Uh, some sports information department is going to be knocking on your door here in about a year or so, seeing if you can help them out. But, um, Morgan, tell me a little bit about – oh, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, I just hope that they come knocking at my door. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see about that. Martinsburg and Jefferson, uh, you, you've been covering uh, you know a lot of games early on in the season, uh, really just underway, and, and really you have that, that part of the Eastern Panhandle kind of scouted out. Uh, tell me about what you've seen thus far. So actually today was the first day of the um, Hardwood Classic at Hedgesville, and um, we played Broad Well, Jefferson's high school played broad forwarding and the score of that game was 82-72 was for Jefferson and the Eagles actually played a DC team um, IDEA IDEA Um, and we beat them 85-24 which I mean it was just a great game we had like Evan Hosby with 17 points Jaden Romero with 16 Elijah King who's a freshman with 14 Jameson Matthew with 12 points just in the game like Pretty great game to start off our season. We're now two and zero after our win against Silver Oak on Tuesday. That's a good start to the season for the Hedgesville Eagles. And uh, okay, Morgan, I have to ask. I know you, you cover football pretty well, also. Uh, you're, you're pretty much the uh, the, the student. Uh, media member from uh, from Hedgesville, if, if we would have such a position to call that. Uh, from the sports that you've covered, what's your favorite sport to cover so far? Oh, um, I would say basketball because it's so fast. And then second sport would be baseball. And then sadly, third sport would be football. It's just so <laughs> slow for me, honestly. <laughs> football. But I love all of them. And don't get me wrong. I oh. love covering all the sports and gaining the knowledge. Right, right. Uh, of course, you mentioned Hedgesville beat Silver Oak Academy earlier in the week by 40, 65, 25. Pick up the one tonight over IDEA out of D.C. by 61. That was an 81, uh, 85, 24 game. And so uh, what's next for Hedgesville? Um, we actually play tomorrow. We play um, Broad 40 in the second game of the tournament. And I don't want to jinx it or anything, but I see us going pretty far this season. Pretty confident in the team that we have. It's going to go really well. It works great together. Should be a lot of fun. Morgan Sherwood, thanks so much for joining us. and It was good meeting you over the summer, and I look forward to hearing from you as the season rolls along. All right, I'll call you later soon. All right, sounds good. That's Morgan Sherwood from Hedgesville High School. We've got to step aside, take a break. When we come back, third and final hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Where's the time go? This is the Pass Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Big thanks to all of our radio affiliates out there carrying Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia, including 104.1 FM WVXS in Romney. 
92.5 FM, WZAC, Madison, Danville, Charleston, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM, WYRC in Spencer, 1360 AM, 97.1 FM, WHJC in Make One, 105 KQV, WKQV, Cowan, 105.5 FM and heard in Braxton County on 106.9 FM, 103.7 Jack FM, WQWV and Fisher, Valley's Watchdog, 1600 AM WKKX Wheeling, 1370 AM WVLY in Moundsville, 92.5 FM WTHMLP Ravenswood Ripley, Knights Radio 91.5 FM WRSG in Middleburn, Talk Radio WRNR Martinsburg, 740 AM 106.5 FM, Classic Hits 106 WHFI Linside, 106.7 FM, 95 The Sports Fox WBS Charleston, 9.50 a.m., The Voice of the Coalfields, 101.9 FM and 12.90 a.m., WVOW in Logan, Lightbrock 93R, WRRR, St. Mary's, 93.9 FM, The Ticket, 102.3 FM, WMTD in Henson, The Greatest Oldies of All Time, 98.5 FM and 101.5 FM, WQAZ, LP, Edmund, Beckley. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Looking to take some classes but not sure you can make it to campus? Marshall offers a wide variety of online classes that fit your needs. Visit marshall.edu slash muonline and register today. Marshall offers more than 200 online courses, and undergraduate and graduate majors offered exclusively online. Are you waiting for the perfect time to get your degree? Now's the time. Visit marshall.edu slash muonline, where you'll find that Marshall is the right fit for you. Welcome back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. To join tonight's program, call 855-78-HOOPS. That's 855-784-6677. Follow us on Twitter at Hoops underscore Roundup for all the scores all the time. And visit BasketballNight.com for a comprehensive look at schedules and standings for every team in the state. Stay tuned. Another hour of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia begins right now. Third and final hour of Episode 1 of Season 7 of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Something I'll never understand is this whole, like, how players can reclassify and graduate mm-hmm. immediately and go to college. I mentioned that because we always joked around that our fifth year was our grad school year, our sixth year was, like, our prep school year. We don't have a term for the seventh year. Bill will understand this. Toledo used to have football players that seemed to get medical red shirts and play seven years, all of them. With Sean Tate, for instance. Um, but anyway. Um, You're not bitter, are you? You know, that happened 20 years ago, and I'm still curious about That's how right. all that worked it's kind of out. Like UK fans still hate Leitner. You know, it's the same thing. <laughs> it, it, yeah, but the difference was Marshall still beat Toledo those yep, years. That's but, true. So anyway, yeah. Nonetheless, basketball Friday night in West Virginia. Uh, one hour to go here in the program, and of course, always uh, you know a lot of fun here this time of year. We we expect to talk with our resident referee Bo Anderson a little bit later on. Uh, he's actually not on hold yet, We're trying to trying to ease his hold times as the season goes <laughs> along. 
<laughs> Usually he'd been on hold for an hour already. Right. <laughs> yeah. And uh, also uh, looking forward to cause time as well. It's apparently we're supposed to ask him something about three fingers. I don't, I'm, I'm worried about that. Um, nonetheless, though, we'll talk with Lynn Frederick, assistant coach of the Gilmer County Titans in just a moment. But first, it's time for another basketballnight.com scoreboard update. Looking for scores, look no more. Visit basketballnight.com. Bill, you've got the boys' scores. All right, and we're made mostly got uh, finals all over the state right now. Uh, first off, uh, Morgantown and the Big Shots uh, Country Roads uh, tip off. Mohegans take care of Notre Dame tonight, 96-44. University, same tournament, taking on Greater Beckley Christian, and uh, the Hawks beat Greater Beckley Christian, 93-63. South Charleston in the FCA Hoops Classic down in the Kanawha Valley, beating uh, Beth Haven, 91-49 in the Harmon Tournament. Morgantown Christian falls to Harmon, 58-34. Hedgesville Mixer, a couple of scores, uh, First off, it's Jefferson beating Broadfording Christian Academy, 82-72. And Hedgesville, uh, they beat uh, IDEA out of D.C., 85-24. Parkersburg South Patriots, uh, new coaching staff, uh, same results, basically. Of course, they've had some great teams recently. The Patriots beat Elkins tonight, 66-36. The Musselman Tournament, Parkersburg losing to Musselman, 72-54 in that same tournament. Spring Mills beats Lewis County, 47-37. And uh, Wheeling Central tonight gets a win over R.C. Bird, 72-59. Sam Andy Tournament, a couple of uh, games up in the Wheeling area. Wheeling Park beats Meadowbrook, 68-62. And Cameron Falls to Magnolia, 44-37. Sam Board Tournament, Philip Barber beats Liberty Harrison, 77-50. Uh, Lincoln Cougars, they win over the... Uh, the Liberty Raleigh Raiders tonight, 50 37. East Hardy, they fall to Page County, Virginia, 62 35. Uh, some other scores it was Hannon falling to the Sherman Tide, 72 51. Calhoun loses to uh, Webster County by a score of 58 to 49. Checking for more scores here. Clay Patel, the CBs, beat 100. 69-42. Gilbert County, uh, they take care of the Roan County Raiders, uh, 53-48. Woodrow Wilson, a close one with Greenbrier East. The Flying Eagles beat the Spartans. Woodrow Wilson gets the win, 54-53. Uh, Greenbrier West, 64. Independent, 61. Valley Wetzel falls to Madonna, 80-44. Scott, in a early Cardinal Conference game, Losing Domingo Central 79-75. Man Hillbillies went over Mount View 58-49. Herbert Hoover losing to Nitro 63-53. Oak Glen beat Brook 63-48. It was Pikeview 66. Oak Hill 57. Ritchie County loses to Ravenswood 69-48. Tulsa Rebels beat Calvary Baptist 76-60. Lincoln County Panthers 52 Van 43. Panthers get the win. South Gallia, Ohio beat Wahama. 60 to 23. Princeton falls to Westside 69-62. Winfield over Sissonville. Cardinal Conference matchup here. 70 to 45 Generals win. And Fairmont Senior falls to Shady Spring. 58-36. Coach Marone will give you the girls scores. And across the state, uh, girls scores. Uh, many finals are already in. A few more still out. Wheeling Central Catholic 67 to 66 over Marietta, Ohio. That's the Donnie Fitton tournament in Williamstown. Roan County falls to Calhoun County. The Red Devils 65, 
Roan County, 50. Greater Beckley Christian, 50. Taze Valley Christian, 21. South Charleston, a big win over Capital, 70 to 24. All three of those games part of the FCA Hoops Classic in Charleston. Moorefield, the Yellow Jackets, 55-41 winners over Pendleton County. Summers County, the Bobcats, a nice win over Webster County, 57 to 26. Wheeling Park, 44. Fort Fry, Ohio, 31, a final. Grafton Bearcats, 49-36 over Phillip Barber. The Harmon Panthers get a nice win tonight, 27-25 to over Morgantown Christian. Clay Battelle falls short tonight. Liberty Harrison, 47. Clay Battelle, 44. Van, the Bulldogs, the Lady Bulldogs, 53-35 to tonight in that one. The Sherman Tide falls tonight. Chapmanville, 70-35 to winners over Sherman. Parkersburg, the Big Reds, get a big win, 71-16 to over Hurricane. Lincoln County Panthers, 76. Point Pleasant, 28. Preston, the Knights, 65. Hedgesville, 42. Williamstown Yellow Jackets, 86-47. That's the other half of that Donnie Fenton Classic. So they'll take on Wheeling Central tomorrow. Should be a nice matchup in the championship game of that tournament. Ravenswood, 56. Scott, 48. St. Joe's, 74. Boyd County, 57. That's out of Kentucky. Madonna, 80. Valley Wetzel, 44. And Martinsburg, 64. Hanley, Virginia, nine. That's a look at your girls' score here on the BasketballNight.com scoreboard update. Thank you very much, Coach Marone. And um, before we go back to the phones, real quick, I want to do let you know that if you want to submit a nomination for Standout Athlete of the Week, you can do that at BasketballNight.com. That's something that we get into. We we can't do that one right off the bat, but that is something that we like to do throughout the course of the year. That becomes a weekly feature on the program where we recognize a student athlete from this great state of West Virginia who's getting it done not only on the floor but also either in the classroom or in the community. So that is something that we enjoy as well. Also, uh, you know, our set, we have a couple, you know, we have a new jersey right in front of us, the Grace Christian Lady Soldiers, um, brand new to the set here at BasketballNight.com as well as this Big gold award right in front of me. If you're watching on the web stream, you can see that. It is a Muse Creative Award, and uh, certainly honored to have that. That is a uh, that is a solid piece of uh, of trophy there, Coach Moreau. Yeah, it's holding that jersey up rather easily, and uh, there's some weight to it, which means it's uh, very special and, uh, and an honored place there right in front of Ryan. You can use it a weapon in a pinch. <laughs> Bill Cornwell, always the crafty one over here. and uh, Always looking for new uses. It's called repurposing, Bill. Repurposing. I think Bill's always in kind of a, how would I defend myself if? <laughs> like, yeah, he's ready to go. So uh, don't make Bill mad. Note to self. All right. Um, the Gilmer County Titans picked up a win tonight over Roan County, 53-48 as the Titans boys basketball team opens their season with a win. Lynn Frederick is an assistant coach with the Titans. He joins us now on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And Coach, always nice to pick up a win on your first day out. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me. Um, second, yeah, it was uh, it was really, really good feeling. Uh, we have a program that's been 5-41 and 41 the last two years, and there's a few kids that have struggled through that time uh, a rebuild from when uh coach Schuff, steve Schuff retired after that state tournament run in 2016 and uh it was 
it was a great atmosphere first of all in the gym tonight and uh, we haven't had that for a while and then uh, it was it was just a really good really good feeling i'm really happy for our kids that have played through some adversity the last couple of years and it was it was a great time on the court and in the locker room afterwards and that's that's really what it's all about so Coach, talk a little bit about the, the, the slog coming back from the, the – obviously you mentioned the, the great run you guys had. And, you know, it, it, it's almost like the last couple of years you've had to almost like start the program over again. Uh, a lot of it's just been uh, – we haven't had any consistency. Uh, Jesse Moore is now the head coach for the, for the Titans, and he is, uh, he is our third head coach in three years. So, um, I mean – it's just it's hard to rebuild a program when you don't have a, a stable figure at the top, and uh, I think that uh, we have a good one uh, right now, and I think he's done an excellent job, and uh, I think that showed tonight, and I think it's going to continue to show throughout the year. Of course, you got the uh, Ioga, uh, IOGA Classic that comes up here uh, <laughs> as well at the Waco Center, and I know that's always a fun event for you guys. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's good. It's good to stay close to home. I mean, uh, they're the college gym here in Glenville. It's only about two minutes away from the high school gym. Now, uh, I don't know how much fun it's going to be this year because we uh, got the the draw of Bridgeport in the first round. But uh, we'll we'll suit up and uh, give it our give it our best shot. And that's a great great program, great team, and a big a big program. So yeah, that's that's quite the benefit you, that that. Um... That to Waco Center is one of the nice arenas, college or high school in the state. Plus, uh, you guys are going to test yourself a little bit more during the uh, the holidays here. You're, you're going to be playing over in the D&E tournament. So, uh, some good tests for you guys. Yes, sir. Uh, we uh, This is the first year we've been to the D&E tournament. The last couple of years, we've been going down to uh, Nicholas County, and uh, we've been kind of running into the, the same situation as the Ioga this year where we were facing some double-A, triple-A level schools. And, uh, the D&E tournament kind of gives us an opportunity to see teams that are in our region. Uh, we uh, haven't really played anybody from our region in the last couple of years, and that'll be a, a good chance for us to see other teams that uh, we could run into in postseason play. Len Frederick, assistant coach of the Gilmer County Titans. They pick up a win tonight at home over Roan County, 53-48. Coach Frederick, once again, congratulations on that victory to open the season. Look forward to talking to you again as the season rolls along. Thank you. I wanted to tell you guys you do a great job. Appreciate it. All right, greatly appreciate that as well. It's Coach Lynn Frederick, uh, assistant coach at Gilmer County High School. Uh, Something that that, that comes to mind, too, and I want to take a couple moments to talk about this. Uh, Certainly not something that's easy to talk about, but um, seeing that win tonight for Gilmer County over Roan County makes you think of the football season that Roan County just went through with Alex Miller, who collapsed uh, during a game and passed away shortly thereafter earlier this year. Uh, I thought it was a really uh, classy gesture by the State Sports Riders Association to yeah. give him an honorary place on the Class AA first-team All-State football squad. Uh, that's something that his family can definitely cherish as well. And it would also be remiss to not say anything about uh, a situation that happened at Wayne back in May, the loss of uh, Colt Adams, who was a football player, but also a basketball player at Wayne, wore the jersey 12. They had the 12 jerseys and an empty chair on the bench yeah. uh, that he would have occupied when their game uh, last night at Huntington. Uh, Coach Ty Holmes uh, at Huntington and their staff, uh, they had a, a little special thing where they gave the, the boys a basketball in, in Colt's memory. 
uh, last night. I thought that was a first-class gesture from them as well. And unfortunately, sometimes you have to kind of step back, and it's that tragedy. You think back of what happened with uh, Tony Webster at Bluefield last year, and um, th- those tragedies kind of make you reevaluate just how competitive you are. Yeah. And you, you stay competitive to win, but you also understand the broader picture of yeah. things. And you remember we talked a lot about Tony Webster last year uh, dur- during our shows, and he was remembered last week as the Beavers went up to Wheeling for the Super Six. Uh, uh, they were, uh, I know the uh, the folks when the buses were pulling out of the Bluefield High parking lot, they all had the number five, which of course was Tony's number. Uh, people had it on on pieces of paper. They had him in the stands up in Wheeling, and uh, so another special young man that was not forgotten. Right, and it's just you know it's unfortunate, and and, and Coach Marone. I mean, I don't even know how to jump into that conversation with anybody really i mean uh, i'll be honest with you i go to a wayne wayne game i see colt's family and i don't know how to approach it i don't know how to, I don't, what do you say you just you're, you're kind of just there to show support there's nothing else you can yeah do. that's exactly right i think uh, what sports does is enable people to show uh, how much they care and how much bigger than sports right. it is as you mentioned it puts things in perspective uh, it is truly a family. I mean, uh, athletics uh, can be an extension of a family, and for some, uh, even be more so. But uh, like you said, I think being there and the way they're showing uh, the respect for the families and for uh, those that go through these type things, I think is just wonderful. And I'm sure there's other places in the country that uh, it happens, but West Virginia is special in that way. When things happen that are adverse, West Virginians are known throughout ever of pulling together and helping each other and just another great example of that i think one thing i've learned through this is that you know seeing colt's family at football games and seeing uh, his mom at a uh, girls basketball game of course he had a lot of friends who played on the team her presence and their presence helps the kids a little bit mm-hmm. get through this because you know they lost a friend too yeah and uh to see their strength kind of kind of helps give them a little bit of strength and kind of a kind of a, a, a I hate to say comfort but it gives them comfort in a time of need I'll never forget also um, start of the football season the family was involved in the some of the pregame activities uh, out of Wayne when they took on Spring Valley and uh, something very unforgettable absolutely we're going to step aside take a break when we come back we'll lighten the mood up a little bit with our resident referee Bo Anderson That's right. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia continues here on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. If you love basketball, then there's only one place to be on Friday nights after the game. It's Basketball Friday night in West Virginia. We want to thank our newest affiliates joining us this season. 104.1 FM WVXS in Romney, 92.5 FM WZAC Madison, Danville, Charleston, and a return of an old friend, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM WYRC in Spencer. You can also listen on great radio stations throughout the Mountain State, including Tune for You, Yap Radio. 101.7 101.7 FM WYAPLP in Clay, 104.5 FM WASPLP Huntington, 101.1 FM WVWPLP Wayne, 90.7 FM WFGH Fort Gay, and Marshall University's flagship station, 
the cutting edge. 88.1 FM WMUL in Huntington. Streaming online high-definition video can be found on our website at basketballnight.com and on our Facebook page and on Periscope. On Twitter, at hoops underscore roundup, at hoops underscore roundup. Marshall sports journalism graduates learn transferable skills that score competitive careers. It is time for you to get in the game. Critical thinking, communication, and commitment to accuracy are desired skills in an expanding job market. Sports journalism and sports communications careers are some of the most coveted positions in the country. The Marshall University School of Journalism and Mass Communications is ready and eager to help you start your journey. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Join us on Twitter at hoops underscore roundup at hoops underscore roundup. This is High School Basketball's home for the Mountain State. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. It is 1140. Well, I wish it was 1149. Not because I'm looking forward to the end of the show, but I mean, you know, here's what you don't understand in the studio. I'll share this with you real fast because none of you at home really care. But uh, the post-game, the post-show meal is... Uh, Starting to arrive, and uh, <laughs> it's the fastest three hours in radio. But from our standpoint, this is going to be the longest forty minutes in radio. This shows you how far we've come with the show. We actually have an official chef of the show. <laughs> we have come a long chef way, Sandy. Chef Sandy, she is spectacular with uh, keeping us fed. No doubt about that. If, we're, if we talk about this too much, our resident referee Bo Anderson. By the way, it's twenty after eleven, not forty. But nonetheless, <laughs> our resident referee, Bo Anderson, may just, uh, may just crash the party. Does not know how to act with such limited time in the bullpen. And he's only been on hold for seven minutes. Oh, no. And now we're making the call <laughs> to our resident referee, Bo Anderson, who joins us here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Bo, what do you know? Well, I tell you what, you're right, Ryan. I'm dip- just get the car since I am home because I had a close game tonight and uh, drive right on up there because I can really probably smell the food from here from the door. <laughs> well, we will definitely lock the doors lock up. Lock the door. <laughs> um, okay, another basketball season is underway, Bo, and uh, you know something that we always ask about before this, you know, early in the season at the very least. Any rule changes anyone should know about? Any. You know, what, what are points of emphasis this year? Those are your two questions. Well, uh, you know, there's not really a whole lot of, uh, of major things this year. Uh, probably the, the main one, which is not really a big one, is, and, and we hope we don't have this one, but uh, if a uh, fight was to uh, break out onto the court or, you know, a fight was to get started on the floor, uh, the assistant coaches are now allowed to come out on the court and help and assist with the head coach in uh, breaking up a fight. Um, that's probably the really the major change. Uh, the rest of the the rest of the changes and the emphasis has to do again with uh, patrolling the uh, the headbands, uh, the color. Uh, 
defining the fact, and of course this was already in there, that anything, and, and I will let everyone know, anything that is worn around the entire head is considered a headband. Now, that was already in there, but people still don't understand that. It, it, even if it's just small, thin, elastic, it's still got to match the rest of the, uh, if, you, if you're wearing the, the uh, wristbands or if you're wearing arm sleeves or leg uh, sleeves, whatever it may be, all those colors have to match. Um, th- those are probably the two things, and the only thing they did was to add to it to get everybody to understand that if rubber bands don't have to be the same color, if they're using rubber bands to tie their hair up or, or whatever that may be, but anything that's worn around the head, the entire head, is considered a headband. So even the pre-wrap, it's, if you're going to put that all the way around your entire head, then it's got to be the same color as your wristbands, as your arm sleeves, as your... You know, and, and again, it's just patrolling uh, stuff, so we don't come out there with multiple colors on. Is what it really boils down to. Hey, uh, Bo, uh, quick question regarding that. One of the clarifications I thought was interesting is actually, I don't think the uh, the pre wrap is even legal anymore. You can't have anything with a tie or a knot on the back of it. It has to be around. It has to be circular in nature. So, really, the pre wrap and the things you all have had to deal with over the last few years shouldn't be a problem it's basically going to have to be something similar to a headband because uh, i know the pre-wrap and then people had started wearing the head kind of ties with logos on them they have to be a circular uh, garment correct yeah i mean you know <laughs> i just I, I don't like officiating this I, if the coaches uh would just uh uh, read the rule book that they do get a rule book and read that and understand what it is. And again, you get multiple things. So you come out and the first thing we're doing in warm ups is here's somebody they can't wear that. They can't wear this. So then they got to, you know, take it off before they play. And, you know, it, it, it all comes down to if the coaches would just look at the rule book, let's get everything matching. I, I would like to make it even simpler myself. I would like. To see the, the rule state one solid color, period, and everybody wears it, and that be it. And I, you know, but again, it is about as simple as it's going to get, and it still ends up being confusing to some. And, and then we have, you know, some that let them wear it, and then some nights you walk out, hey, we got to wear this last game. Well, that's last game. This is this game, and it's illegal, and you've got to take it off. Well, the fortunate thing, Bo, you and me don't have any need for anything such as a headband or anything to keep our hair back. That's for sure. Uh, (laughs) Those days are long gone. (laughs) Uh, But, Bo, also with all the officiating and the wardrobe uh, checking you all do, uh, uh, Fashion Week may be a future for some of you because it's almost devolved. I don't want to go further down that route, but I agree with you. I think it's just getting to the point of ridiculous to do wardrobe. I understand uniformity and not having things that are distracting. It's almost to a point that it's just it's overkill. I mean, I think as long as something like you said, if it's solid color matches the uniform, let's play basketball. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you really want to get down to it, like if you're at home, you wear white wristbands, white headbands, and if you're away, you wear your solid color of your uniform and be done with it. But I want to get it. That would that would really take care of it. But I want to get into another issue. Uh, of course, uh, more than once last year, and, and rightfully so, you talked about the need 
to add officials that they we and I know here in the immediate Huntington area that who we deal with had several guys retire uh, and uh, you know there just wasn't a lot of guys stepping up now in the in the off season I've noticed locally there's been a lot of there've been a, some new guys added to your uh, River City's uh, crew but I know that you still have need of more guys to to step up and start officiating. Absolutely, Billy. Uh, we had 13 new officials in the class. They are already uh, turning down games left and right. Uh, there is a signer sending out assignments uh, today as late as 2 o'clock, I believe, to cover a 6 o'clock game. Uh, it, it is really bad. And, and we, these new 13 new people come in at the right time. Uh, and they are getting worked already. And, you know, guys, the, the bottom line is the number one thing that if, if you saw, I don't know if you've seen this, but all as a whole, the number one thing that officials don't stay in it very long are because of the fans. Bo Anderson, our resident referee. I have to say, I've been to, to two games so far, and I, I don't think anything has really even caught my eye. Everything's been pretty much, you know, basic stuff. And then with even with college games, I don't want to get too deep into that because there are differences in the rules. You good and well know that. People at home need to know that as well. Um, but I don't think I've seen anything that really, uh, you know, really caught my eye in terms of uh, anything different uh, along the way. So I, I guess I guess that's it for for week one. Is that well, is that all we have for Bo already? I, I I've got a quiz for you, and I'm not going to tell you the answer until next week. <laughs> so this is going to be a little tough one for you, and I'm going to leave you guys so you guys can get your rule books out and see what you can find. So my quiz for everyone for this week is uh, A one has the ball behind the three-point line at their basket and throws a pass that touches a defender and goes up in the air and goes through the basket. I'm going to leave you with this. What do you have? And I'll let it go at that. And uh, I've had a lot of already funky plays that, you know, we'll discuss throughout the year as well. Uh, I know just getting started tonight, but uh, I've already had all kinds of questions on rules so we got plenty of plenty of firepower when it comes time all right well what i'm gonna do is i'm gonna mute bo that way he can stay listening to our little uh, <laughs> estimates here and then we'll end the call here in just a second actually I was or, gonna, or you want you want to talk to bo real no, fast no no, no, no i was no? actually okay. I was he gonna, doesn't want to talk to you bo so no, we're gonna no, put you no, on no, mute just now. kidding <laughs> Thanks, actually bro. i was gonna throw in something you talked about uh problems with officials and fans well in in kentucky there's legislations already being proposed for next year's general assembly uh and it's basically the intent is to restore respect to the sidelines and endure the safety of sports officials at, at athletic contests they call it the good sport bill and uh, it would uh create intimidating sports officials as a class d misdemeanor up punishable by up to a year in jail physical assault would be a class d felony with a one to five year prison term upon conviction that's going to be going into the uh proposals for the kentucky general assembly the uh, come january uh, that is very interesting let's bring bo back for get his reaction on that before we let him go for the night and um, yeah, Bo. If that's if that's the case in Kentucky, I know that you you work games in multiple states. 
Uh, you know, do you feel that that's necessary? Are you seeing it get to that point? Well, you know, it's sad that it has to come to that point. I know in Ohio and some counties, if a fan gets removed by an official from the game, they have to pay a $150 fine. And, uh, you know, it's just anything. And, you know, unfortunately, uh, it's always one or two single people. It's not a whole group. It's always that one or two that, think they know it all they've never seen a rule book they get out their fans manual of their own and create their own rules and do not know what they're talking about i have more than been willing to welcome several of those people to come to class and actually see a rule book and learn the rules of the game but uh you know i think that uh it's sad that it's coming to that belly and you know you guys know uh, I've been uh, fortunate this my 37th year of officiating high school basketball and have not had too many incidents uh, and would like to keep it that way. And if that's what it takes, I mean, you know, uh, to keep them off of us, I mean, that, that I, I'm glad yeah. that they're, they're putting that in there. Yeah, along with that story, uh, Butch Cope, who's like the number two guy with the Kentucky High School Athletic Association, said in all their sports they have like 3,900 officials that they license each year. They lose about 100 a year, and they said the number one reason they hear from a lot of the officials who leave is because of treatment from fans, coaches, and players. And he said that if this doesn't uh, change, that they could get to a point where they have to start playing fewer games in some, if not all, sports because they just don't have the number of officials they need. It's not just basketball. It's all sports, but certainly we, we focus on basketball. Well, you know, and, and, and the bottom line is it penalizes the innocent. But, you know, when you don't have enough officials to work games, people don't understand. You know, everybody's yelling at us. <laughs> but when we stop working the games and there's nobody there to work one, yeah. Then you know, there's already been some scenarios. I I was not going to be surprised if that game didn't get canceled tonight because it was cutting it close. And then there was games tomorrow that got just got filled a couple of hours ago that started eleven thirty in the morning. And uh, I mean, it, it's really uh, uh, a couple of signers have sent a list out, unbelievable of games they need covered within the next four or five days. I mean, we're talking desperate and. Uh, People need to understand that they just need to come in, cheer for their team, uh, enjoy the game, and, and leave the guys in the stripes alone. Some of those guys are new guys. And don't run the new people off. No. I mean, you know, I always try to stress to the new guys, don't let somebody ruin your game and don't let them run you off. You, you've got control of the game. You take care of it. But on the other hand, you know, nobody's make nobody made me do this for thirty seven years. Nobody's making anybody a referee high school basketball. I mean, you know, if I wanted to quit today, I could say today was my last game and be done. And you know, that that's a sad thing is people don't understand. You know, I, guys have got jobs. We get off work. We pack our clothes. We go to a game. We come back from the game. We get off work. We pack our clothes. We go to, and we do that night in and night out for three or four months. Suddenly, the kids have an opportunity to play. Uh, you know, without officials, what are you what are you going to do? I mean, play pickup. That'd probably be about the best thing you could do. And you know, they just don't understand that, guys. But you know, it is what it is. I mean, over the past couple of years, Ohio lost five thousand officials. 
so it shows you what direction it's going. Bo Anderson, our resident referee. Now let's uh, we'll put him on on mute again. Then we'll we'll say goodnight to him in just a moment. But um, he's going to give us the answer next week. Remember that for those of us who will be here. <laughs> um, player standing behind a three point line throws a pass that is tipped by the defender and then goes in. How much is it worth? My thinking here is it depends on where the player who tipped it is standing. Are we talking about are we talking about like a tip or a deflection here of a of a pass? I think it has to go by where they're standing. If they were standing outside the three point line, that would be. To me, it's not a shot. If it's a pass, it's not a shot. Well, that's a good point too. Coach, <laughs> coach is going to here's what here's what it is. I'm coach Marone is going to argue. No matter what, other than Alley, yeah. he wants a Which three for his team. Which team am I coaching? Let's get that straight. My this, team, am I A's coach or B's coach? I want to know which other one. Other than oop other than Alley-oop, you really can't say that. You know that it's that it's definitely going to be a shot or a pass. Well, I think the basket definitely for the team that that attempted the try. But I think Ryan's on to something, and Bo will fill us in later whether it's a three or a two. Uh, uh, I think the fact that the ball went through the hoop and it was deflected is a non-issue. You can have a defender that ends up batting a ball up that goes in the in the cylinder and it scores. Uh, but being it was shot from the three, uh, deflected inside, I would assume the defender's inside the three-point line. Uh, Ryan, I, I'd say it's 50-50. We uh-huh. can roll the dice. It's either a three-pointer or two, in my opinion. Bull will probably tell us it's a technical foul on the coach for <laughs> yeah, some reason. And, but, and I'm uh, out. Right. Yeah, no, it, I, I'm thinking it's a two. But we look forward to Bo giving us that answer Getting next tricky week. tricky this year. Yeah, Bo. I like it. I yeah. like it. We're going to step aside, take a break. When we come back, we'll get our final check of our basketballnight.com scoreboard of the night. And a little bit later on tonight, we're almost to cause time. Yeah. This is basketball Friday night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. For scores online, all of them in West Virginia, visit basketballnight.com. Careers in sports journalism are growing with the expansion of cable networks, the rise of sports-centered online platforms, and ever-popular local coverage. Get in the game. Your passion, curiosity, charisma, and a Marshall University sports journalism degree will equip you with the combination for success. You'll be the eyes, ears, and light of the game when you learn the art of sports storytelling while covering the thundering herd on our Huntington campus. Go behind player stats and game scores. Learn to report compelling stories. Become proficient in breaking news across multiple media platforms. Find out how sports and media impact our society. Marshall University's W. Page Fitt School of Journalism and Mass Communication is ready and eager to help you start your sports journalism career. Learn more at marshall.edu slash SOJMC. Welcome to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Thanks for following us on Twitter. Some of our newest followers during the show tonight. Alice Likens, Rose Jennings, Aiden. We also had Richard Potts, Joshua Thompson, Matt Boyd, James Hatfield, and Landon Mitchell. They're all part of the Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia family. Don't forget about the Daily Hoops Roundup, part of BasketballNight.com. 
Every day, we recap the day's scores just for you on all the teams in West Virginia. We send followers an email at 8 a.m. with the Daily Hoops Roundup. You can also visit BasketballNight.com and find all the scores for the day. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Celebrating high school basketball around the Mountain State. You're listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Now, back to your hosts, Bill Cornwell, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. Hard to ignore those pictures that we see in the breaks here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the website on basketballnight.com. As, uh, you know, seeing some of the images still... Still that magical run from Webster County's yeah. boys last year to an undefeated season and a Class A state championship with basically all of Webster County migrating to the Charleston Coliseum and Convention Center to join them. What a what a day that was. That was spectacular. Yeah, it was great. And uh, a community uh, coming out and uh, all the twists and turns, even at the state <laughs> tournament, uh, nothing was uh, given to them. They surely earned uh, everything all the way to the championship. And Chapmanville Regional picking up that emotional win over Fairmont Senior in the AA state championship game. And University kind of uh, a year after they were supposed to, like they were the number one seed the year before and got beat in the semifinal, coming as the number two seed and win the state championship last year and denied Martinsburg an unprecedented undefeated football and basketball season in the same year. Wow, so many storylines last year. We'll talk much more about all of that with uh, Rick Kozlowski when we get to cause time. That's a little bit later on. But first, it's time for our final check of the night of our BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Looking for scores? Look no more. Visit BasketballNight.com. We're going to turn it over to Coach Marone with the boys' scores. Let's take a look at the boys' scores. All these are finals from across the Mountain State. First up, Morgantown knocks off Notre Dame, 96-44. to That's part of the Big Shots Country Roads tip-off at University. University, in that same event, knocks off Greater Beckley Christian, 93-63. to South Charleston, 91. Beth Haven, 49. Carmen, the Panthers, 58-34 winners over Morgantown Christian. Jefferson, 82. Broad, Broadford and Christian Academy, 72, part of the Hedgesville Mixer. And Hedgesville knocks off IDEA, 85-24, that team out of the D.C. area. Parkersburg South, 66. The Elkins Tigers, 36. Musselman, the Appleman, 72-54 winners over Parkersburg. Spring Mills Cardinals, 47. Lewis County, 37. Wheeling Central Catholic, 72. Robert C. Bird, 59. Wheeling Park Patriots get a 68-62 win over Meadowbrook, Ohio. And Magnolia, low-scoring affair, but a tough win, but yet a win for them over Cameron. Magnolia, 44. Cameron, 37. Phillip Barber, 77-50 winners over Liberty Harrison. Lincoln Cougars, 50. Liberty Raleigh Raiders, 37. Page County, Virginia, 60. East Hardy, 35. The Sherman Tide rolled tonight 72-51 over Hannon. And Webster County, we just mentioned the Highlanders, off to a good start this year. 58-49 winners over the Calhoun County Red Devils. Clay Battelle, 69. 100 Hornets, 42. Gilmer County, the Titans, a big win, 53-48 over Roan County. Woodrow Wilson, a nail-biter. They get a win over Greenbrier East, 54-53 in boys' action. Greenbrier West, the Cavaliers, 64-61 over Independence. The Madonna Blue Dons, 80-44 winners 
Over Valley Wetzel, the Lumberjacks. Scott and Mingo Central going at it. The Miners, 79-75 winners over the Skyhawks. The Man Hillbillies, 58. Mount View Golden Knights, 49. The Nitro Wildcats at home tonight, 63-53 over Herbert Hoover. And Oak Glen gets a 63-48 win at home over the Brook Bruins. The Paw Paw Pirates, Ryan's favorite, pull off a big win tonight, 61-50 over Union. We also have a Paw Paw jersey right over Ryan's right shoulder there, keeping watch over Mr. Epling tonight. <laughs> the Pike View Panthers, 66, Oak Hill, 57. The Ravenswood Red Devils, 69-48 winners over the Ritchie County Rebels and the Tulsa Rebels. 76, Calvary Baptist 60. The Rebels off to a 2 0 start. Lincoln County Panthers 52. The Van Bulldogs 43. South County, Ohio, a big win on the road tonight, 60 23 over Wahama. And Westside, the Renegades 69 62 over Princeton. Winfield, a big rivalry game with Sissonville. The Generals get a 70 45 win. And Shady Spring, a big time win on the road at Fairmont Senior. They win 58 36. That's a look at your boys' scores. Girls scores tonight in the Donnie Fenton Tournament in Williamstown. It was Wheeling Central defeating Marietta, Ohio, 67-66. A shot within the last 10 seconds gives the Maroon Knights the win. Calhoun County defeats Roan County tonight, 65-50. It was Greater Beckley Christian, a 50-21 winner over Taze Valley Christian. Also, South Charleston defeats Capital, 70-24. Those prior three games all part of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes Hoops Classic in Charleston tonight. Also, it was Moorfield defeating Pendleton County, 55-41. Summers County beats Webster County tonight in the Rogers Oil Tournament. 57-26 the final. 23 points tonight from Taylor Isaac. Wheeling Park defeats Fort Fry of Beverly, Ohio. That is in the Sam Andy Basketball Classic in Wheeling. That's final tonight. Wheeling Park 44, Fort Fry 31. Also tonight, Grafton defeats Philip Barber 49-36. It was Harmon, a 27-25 winner in girls basketball tonight over Morgantown Christian. Liberty Harrison defeats Clay Battelle, 47-44. A lot of really close ball games throughout the state tonight. Van defeats Work County, 53-35. It was Chapmanville doubling up Sherman, 70-35. Parkersburg beats Hurricane, 71-16. Lincoln County, a 76-28 winner over Point Pleasant. Preston picks up a 65-42 victory over Hedgesville. Williamstown. Beats Clay County tonight, 86-47. That sets up a matchup tomorrow. Clay County and Marietta. And then Williamstown and Wheeling Central. And the Donnie Fenton Classic in Williamstown. Also, Ritchie County defeats Doddridge County, 48-30. It was the Red Devilettes of Ravenswood picking up a 56-48 win over Joe Linville's Scott Skyhawks. It was St. Joe defeating Boyd County, Kentucky, 74-57 in the Boyd County shootout. Also tonight, the Madonna Blue Dons defeat Valley Wetzel, 80-44. And Martinsburg defeats Hanley, Virginia, handily, 64-9. That is a check of your basketballnight.com scoreboard. Nice win for Ravenswood over Scott tonight. Uh, I know that Ravenswood, um, Annie Hunt, able to come back from injury after uh, a knee injury, basically took her out of her entire season a year ago, a, a really good athlete. So I uh, know that she'll be back on the floor for Ravenswood and back on the floor tonight and a nice win for, for them. Also, uh, Ritchie County with the win over Doddridge County. Always love those uh, north-central 
county matchups. <laughs> and some things never change. St. Joe, they lose uh, some good players to graduation. Well, they're just off to a 4-0 start. They just keep rolling. And that's part of that Boyd County Classic. If folks can get out tomorrow that are in that area, there's a lot going on tomorrow around the area. But Boyd County, that continues tomorrow. I know Spring Valley girls yeah. play at 11 a.m. Yeah. tomorrow. There's games yeah. all day there. Yeah. You want to see some good girls action. And also, although although this is a, school, a show about West Virginia basketball, I've got to mention this. Uh, a school has a chance to go for a 2,000th all-time win tomorrow. That's the Ashland Tomcats, the winningest Kentucky high school basketball, boys basketball program. They're going for their 2,000th win the other night. They got their 1,999th win against the West Virginia team a couple of nights ago in Spring Valley. So uh, a lot of a lot of things going on there. And, uh, you know, Again, great time of the year. We're going to set aside for our final break. We'll come back. We'll have our poll question, and then it'll be cause time. This is Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia on the Fast Break Sports Network. Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia will return in two minutes on the Fast Break Sports Network. We want to thank you for being part of Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. And a thank you to all of our affiliates out there, including 104.1 FM WVXS in Romney, 92.5 FM WZAC in Madison, Power 92 Radio, 92.3 FM WYRC in Spencer, 1360 AM, 97.1 FM WHJC in Matewan, 105 KQV, WKQV in Cowan, and 105.5 FM. And in Braxton County on 106.9 FM, 103.7 Jack FM, WQWE in Fisher. Also, we're on 1600 AM, WKKX Wheeling, 1370 AM, WVLY Moundsville, WTHMLP, Ravenswood Ripley, 91.5 FM, WRSG Middleburn. WRNR Martinsburg, 740 AM, 106.5 FM. WHFI Linside, 106.7 FM. WBES Charleston, 950 AM. 101.9 FM, 1290 AM. WVOW in Logan. WRRR St. Mary's, 93.9 FM. 102.3 FM, WMTD in Hinton. 98.5 FM, 101.5 FM, WQAZLP Edmund Beckley. 101.7 FM, WYAPLP Clay. 104.5 FM, WASP LP in Huntington. 101.1 FM, WVWPLP Wayne. 90.7 FM, WFGH Ford Gay and Marshall University's flagship station, The Cutting Edge. 88.1 FM, WMUL Huntington. Thank you to all of our affiliates carrying basketball Friday night in West Virginia this season. Stay up to date on your favorite teams. Check out basketballnight.com. Now, back to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia with Bill Cornwell, Coach Rick Marone, and Ryan Epling. A little before 11.50 on this Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Ryan Epling, Bill Cornwell, Rick Marone with you. Again, I want to remind you before we start to wrap things up that you can submit your Standout Athlete of the Week nominations. That's on our website, basketballnight.com. We'll review them. We'll pick one out every week, and I'll let you learn a little bit more about 
the people that we talk about on Friday nights. We'll talk with them as well as uh, you know, learn a little bit more about uh, what they do on and off the floor as well. Also, if you've got a jersey, you want to see your school's jersey um, represented on our set, get a hold of us on basketballnight.com. We'll, uh, we'll take care of uh, making that all work out. But before we get to cause time, it's time for our poll question. And for our poll question, we turn it over to Spencer Dupuy. Yeah, thanks, uh, thanks, Ryan. The, this week's poll question, the first poll question of the year is, yes or no, do you like the new classifications that the WVSSAC announced on Tuesday with a new four-class system it has put into place? Go to basketballnight.com to cast your vote. Spencer, thank you very much, and uh, certainly uh, appreciate that. That's a, that's a topic for debate right there. <laughs> I, I, what, what our goal this season is going to be to do is to kind of weave that narrative throughout the year, but don't let it overwhelm it because no. this there's a whole lot to talk about with this season. Yeah, that, in that, West that's all next year. That, that that's way down the road, you know. And, and we'll, for the most part, we'll push it way down the road because we got this year to worry about. You know who's way down the road from us? <laughs> way down the road. We're up, we're up the road. <laughs> Rick Kozlowski of the Martinsburg Journal. He is joining us now on Basketball Friday Night. In West Virginia, our, our our weekly cause time segment. Yep, the boys are back in town. The boys are back in town. Rick Kozlowski, welcome to the program. Yes, the boys are back in town. I have cloned myself five times. <laughs> <laughs> I am my own basketball team. <laughs> you know, you might have to do that to cover all the and, basketball and going and on. They're right putting, now. they're putting, they're putting me in class fifty-seven A. <laughs> He's a class of his own. So, sounds like a seat in a doomed plane or something. <laughs> hey, Rick, we were uh, we were told to mention something to you by Dave Morris, and he said to mention to cause three fingers. <laughs> Yeah, that's from a that's from a strange picture when I was interviewing a player from Martinsburg. It's a Super Six after the game. I was pointing in a direction, and somehow I have kind of like the hook'em horn sign <laughs> in West. You know, Texas would be you know horns up. Mm-hmm. Uh, West Virginia would say horns down. Right. And my horns were like sideways, <laughs> so I got different slant to the whole thing. All right, that uh, we we didn't know where that story was yeah. going to go. Honestly, we we like a lot of times we we might have a clue. No, nothing. Yeah, that a lot, was a day more tamer than I was afraid. Yeah, that was a day Morrison call there. So blame him for the, the, bringing that up. We'll be looking well, for that picture to tweet some, out. Somebody posted that picture on Twitter, okay. and I don't know where it came from. I I retweeted it, and I know Morrison saw it because he commented to me on it and. I don't know. It's just uh, you know, it's a picture of me working hard. Yes. How's that? <laughs> doing your job. You were doing your job. Doing my job. Yeah. Yes. And how are you guys tonight? Oh, we're we're just fine and dandy here tonight. Uh, basketball season underway. You know, the boys' season tipping off this week. The girls' season uh, into its second week now, and you know, we've got basketball games to go to and. It, 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 it's just such a wonderful time of year. I am adjusting, but yes, it's, it is a great time. 
Uh, didn't get to see any games tonight. I was sitting in the office kind of tying up some football ends. But uh, did get to see Hedgesville play Tuesday afternoon, mat- matinee game. It uh, looks like uh, they're probably the, well, they not probably, they are the most experienced team on Eastern Panhandle. Four starters back. Looked, uh, looked quite good on Tuesday, but the competition may be a little bit off. Uh, we mentioned Martinsburg. Uh, we won't have to worry about them going 27-0 this year before the state championship game because they actually lost the game. So instead yeah. of 27 straight victories, they have two losses in a row when you go back to last season's state championship game and, and this season. And I think they're going to be okay. They didn't have any of their football players. Uh, who are probably going to be probably going to make up uh, you know three fifths of the starting lineup, maybe four fifths. So it's a matter of them getting back uh, back to play. But uh, I think it's going to be an interesting season between those two teams, Hedgesville and Martinsburg. And you, you wonder about Musselman, but Musselman had a very impressive outing today, despite the fact they've lost four out of five starters. Nice game, Derek Vassell just seems to. Uh, get more out of uh, his teams and and maybe athletically they they, they appear to be uh, nice win for them against Parkersburg and I think those are the three teams we got to look at uh, the rest of the Panhandle young teams Jefferson very young team but a nice freshman Will Shively starting in both of their games has been their leading scorer twenty one points uh, in both games uh, he looks like uh, the word is. Uh, by the time he's a junior or a senior, he's probably going to be a bona fide Division One candidate. Always a lot of good basketball talent in the Eastern Panhandle. Cause we were we were we've talked quite a bit tonight uh, on some issues, and obviously the one big issue uh, kind of came out this week: the uh, numbers and the uh, the names as far as the the fork classification system that starts next year. Really, up your way, uh, no one's affected. Everybody's pretty much in that four A uh, classification. Yeah, and, and I think that's what you know, pretty much everybody expected, that uh, the, the Berkeley and Jefferson County schools are among the largest in the state. There would be no problem. Hampshire, though, gets a little bit of a break. You know, they're one of the smaller AAA schools in the three-class system, and they will go to AAA. The one that really caught my attention, the two schools in Mineral County, Frankfurt and Kaiser, mm-hmm will be split up by the four-class uh, division. One will be double A, one will be triple A. Man, I think that's just, I think that's just terrible. I mean, those are like, you know, incredible rivals. And here, I'm sure they will continue to play games, but it won't matter as much because it's not sectional time. It's not regional yeah. time. They're not in the same same division. That's one that caught my attention. Yeah, yeah, it won't have any postseason implications, no doubt. Yeah. Well, and, you know, just looking at now, you know, these are four-year-old enrollment numbers, but those schools at, you know, one point were uh, about 100 kids apart. It seems like just the way things are, the way things were in AA the last time it was scheduled around, just the way that breakdown occurs, even though the 100 students apart within class AA, there were only about seven schools in between them, school size-wise. So it's just interesting how that works out. So, Rick, we all now know that uh, we've created a universal gesture here uh, on set for cause time, and it's just this is how we're all going to uh, to do that with the the horn sideways and the thumb up. 
Um, that when we that's going to be our little in-house moniker for it's cause time. It's time to go to cause. So yeah. we appreciate that. We've already retweeted the picture on basketball night uh, at hoops <laughs> underscore roundup. Um, I mean, it's already been. It, we retweeted it like four minutes ago. So uh, yeah, our our crew does. We work right until the horn. With this show, we, or right into, or in this case, right until the uh, side horns, right? <laughs> Correct, <laughs> the side horns of Rick Kozlowski. But uh, nonetheless, Rick, uh, it's always a pleasure to get to talk with you, and look forward to another fun season, and uh, look forward to Cos time on Friday nights here on Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Hey, it gets no better. I appreciate that you guys give me the time to have fun. Hey, that's what it's all about. Sometimes you have to have a little bit of fun, and I know you've always got deadlines to meet, and we're all in jobs like that too. So uh, certainly like to just be able to you know relax and have a little fun. Speaking of deadlines, show's almost over. So, um, Bill, final thoughts from tonight? Uh, oh, good to be going again. We uh, fun to talk a little issues tonight. Uh, a few things kind of up there, but now let's just play the games. Tournament time, uh, tournaments everywhere, shootouts. Uh, get out and see them in person. If not. Tune in here on Friday nights to catch up. We'll be back next week with Basketball Friday Night. Thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. Tune in next Friday for the latest high school basketball action from across the Mountain State. Visit BasketballNight.com for our show archives, the poll question of the week, and the BasketballNight.com scoreboard. Until next time, have a great weekend, and thank you for listening to Basketball Friday Night in West Virginia. The preceding broadcast was a presentation of the Fast Break Sports Network. Copyright 2019. All rights reserved.